Welcome to Beer Plus Three, where we try to solve the world's problems one beer at a time. Today is Thursday, January 22nd, and I am joined by cheese and crackers himself, Rick, the procrastinating producer, Anderson. Also with us today is a podcaster extraordinaire, the only man who could give cool. Um, <laughs> also with us today is a podcaster extraordinaire, the only man who could give Kevin Smith a run for his collection of baggy hockey t-shirts, Mike Zamora. This is very true. I'm Jeff, a face behind a mic, and we are Beer Plus. I don't think I've ever seen you wear a... Uh, I'm not so much into wearing them, but there's some in the closet. Really? <laughs> well, he is, he is a huge Kevin Smith fan. Yeah, well, and I one of these that. days we do have to go see the Kevin Smith show because I just got done listening to their. Uh, Where were you? We are. We've already been. <laughs> so the, I didn't uh, get to go anyway. <laughs> I did listen to their uh, New Year's Eve show and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, his podcasts are always really good. Um, really, I don't know how much I keep trying to listen to him, and after about yeah. forty minutes in. I'm, uh, but oh, no. I found that uh, the one he does, uh, Babylon, I think, yeah. Hollywood Babylon, is probably yeah. the best that he does. Hmm. Um, I just could care less about Jason Mewes. I haven't, um, I haven't listened to a lot of the Smodcast but, in in quite a while, but I yeah. I know back when I was listening to it, I felt like I was listening to, to something at its peak. Yeah. yeah, every time I listen to one, I always seem to pick the right perfect one, because every yeah. time I, I like pop in and check out what he's doing, it's always yeah. amazing. Yeah. He, he did I, one like in the last six months that was about this Canadian airline pilot that was oh, like just he wove this wonderful story and I was dying for like two hours as he was telling it, it was perfect. Yeah. Well, see, I have to start listening to that. I have to start. I got to start listening to podcasts again. Also, uh, the Greg Proops thing is coming, and we're all going to that. So yeah, and yeah. Uh, we'll be joined by a few other people. So it'll be a fun. I think it'll be a fun experience. I'll probably buy tickets this weekend. They're only like fifteen bucks. Yeah, yeah. we can get some shout outs. It. Maybe get on. And the you podcast. can buy beer at the concession stand. Wow. Speaking of beer, we win. This is a Velvet Merlin. Our first beer is Velvet Merlin from Firestone Walker. No, sorry, got it correct. This yes, time. I like that. <laughs> yeah, see, lube Jeff up. He can he say can things correctly. Starts, yeah, the mouth starts working. Um, and I just recently bought three glasses from Maggie's Pub for uh, my good friend. Uh, 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 Richtofer over here. Richtofer. Um, oh, this is for me. Yes. Yeah, all three of them. Yes. Oh, you that's have cool. proper beer glasses. Oh, I thought you just were bringing your own. No, I don't oh, bring cool. my own. I bought them for you. Oh, oh thank you. Asshole. I didn't realize that. Well, has more. We host more and more episodes, or rather, he hosts. Well, more he's been hosting because of this Thursday thing. Mm-hmm. This will end soon. The Thursday mm-hmm. thing, yeah. probably about the middle of next month or so. We'll go back to Fridays, which I will have a lot more. <sighs> time to uh, do that, and I'll be able to like go to your house, and maybe we'll go to be able to go to my house because I know it's like an hour's drive for you and I to go home from either each yeah, other's he's, house. He's dead middle, so yeah, and yeah, no, he's perfect. I, I hate to invade his house every fucking week. Oh, but. my wife doesn't mind you guys coming over every week. She, Look she, at her; she's she, she likes the company. Thrilled with the idea. Well, I mean, if her friends come visit, her, as, who's she to turn us away? As long as there's no uh, football games on at the time. It, 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 you know what we should do is just start a bowling league, and that's that'll be our podcast. <laughs> bowling for beers. <laughs> I need a bowling podcast. Really? <laughs> hey, like welcome watching. to Bowl Plus. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can th- I can imagine anything less exciting than a bowling podcast. I'm not sure how that would work. I know, but listening to people talk about it, I'm not sure that. Uh, yeah, I do, but I'm talking about. I the- could have multiple balls. <laughs> I prefer, you know, an eight pounder. But you know, sometimes if you're uh, in an elevation that's uh, you know uh, quite a ways up there, um, yeah, you need you need a lighter ball. Yeah, you you need a lighter ball because the pins they're they're you know they're not as heavy. At higher altitudes, I tend to carry one of each size. <laughs> I don't know the Midwesterner came out of me. I'm not sure what happened there. So, what do you guys think of the Velvet Merlin? The Velvet Merlin, I, fucking I, good. Delicious. It is good. I've always liked the Velvet Merlin as a beer. This is the first time I've ever had it on off tap. Yeah, or on tap, on off of an on tap. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you know, the only thing was, I would I would first think, time I've been tapped into this shit. There you it, go. It's a terrific beer. It, it's you know, it's not f- phenomenal, but it, it's it's really good for its style. But man, I wonder if that was nitro. Like add, add a little body to it. Yeah, I think I would appreciate it that much more. Maybe I know it's not nitro because generally they'll put nitro in there and they usually yeah. won't fill growlers with nitro. Yeah, they'll warn you like this is nitro. Well, it's it's going to be flat about five uh, minutes down the road. Right. What does that mean? What does nitro mean? It's I've never a heard different of that. kind of tip they put on the. In a, it adds <coughs> gases to the beer. It basically oh, adds oh. balls. It yeah. makes it bubbly. Um, the mouthfeel completely changes. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. it's a different experience as far as yeah. And people, I, think, drinking I a beer. think that one would actually. Do better with a nitro on it. They do that with a lot of porters and stouts. Okay, they'll nitro them. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I liked it the way it was. I don't. I wouldn't need it. They were out of the uh, the 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 Melvin. Yeah. But she said to me, "I should have another keg of Melvin here in a couple of weeks." She just ordered another one. So All right. She's uh, way to Maggie. go, Melvin. Thank you, Maggie. This, and this, your pub is awesome. What's the uh, what's the alcohol? Content of these, it tasted strong. Yeah, I can, no, it is strong. Yeah, it's, it's a seven. stout. I think it's oh, so right. it's probably yeah seven to nine somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I'd give it a four. I would definitely give it a four. Yeah, yeah solid, solid four. Solid four. All the way around. Very it nice. It gets a four. <laughs> it gets a four. <laughs> We're in agreement. Okay, yeah, so I'm I changing think... it to a three then. <laughs> <laughs> douche. Seriously, man. Good douche. God, he's always got to disagree. What yeah. the. Fuck? By the way, our movie this time is uh, the uh, Francois Truffaut. Um, his 1959, The 400 Blows. I would say it in French, but I don't have it in French in front of me. So I'm just going to say, yes, um, that's the movie we're doing today. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. For um, the record, I didn't see any blows. To me, it was like zero <laughs> blows. Well, it, it's funny because uh, the, uh, the translation is literally 400 blows. The title, mm-hmm. but the the like colloquial meaning is like uh, kind of like this is fucked, yeah, or this is this is shit, this is this is crap, yeah, you know that that that's the kind of meaning behind the four hundred blows. Maybe yeah. they should have changed the title. I would have got it a little bit better because that. Well, yeah, but this came out at a time when they, they they literally translated the titles, and I can appreciate at least literally translating titles. Yeah. But like uh, I, one of the things I just drank all the beer. I, I apologize. No, I got. I okay, some. you're good. And he needs some more. He's he's been drugged up on opiates. He needs some more beer. Um, <laughs> and we'll talk about that in just no a few better minutes. time to put alcohol in your. But system. since we're on it, we might as well just talk about how about I, I just do the segue right into the 400 yeah. blows. Right. Sure. While we're somewhat sober, we can talk about the 400 blows. Um, the 400 blows has received numerous awards in 1959 and 1960, uh, um, including the Cannes Film Festival for Best Director. The the uh, OCIC Award, the Palme d'Or nomination in 1959. Uh, the film was also nominated for an Academy Award for Best Writing in 1960. 
So, I mean, this, uh, and apparently it started French New Wave. I don't know a lot about French New Wave. I mean, what, uh, you're, you're the guy that went to I, I, the I ha- schooling. I, I have studied film. You have studied film, and that's that's kind of the end of that and, statement. And you just and, kind of drop that, and it just and it sits at the bottom of the fish tank like a lead weight. I, I studied the French New Wave uh, Wikipedia page, so I kind of oh, have excellent. an idea excellent. what it is. But you read um, a French New Wave? No, I read about that genre because when I looked at the every time we watch a movie, I look it up on I know IMDb I've seen some but, and Wikipedia oh, just to sort of get good. some feel for other you know for some trivia or some info about the film and. That was what What's it immediately beer? said. Oh, it's a Scuttlebutt's uh, really? Hoptopia. Yeah. It's, it's a good beer from Scuttlebutt? Way mm, to go, guys. Solid two. It's okay. I'd give it a three. I'd give it a two and a half, three. Scuttlebutt mm-hmm. Hoptopia. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I go on and I look up a, a couple web websites, read about the film a little mm-hmm. bit, and then that's immediately I thought, I have no idea what French New Wave is, so I clicked the link to that, went mm-hmm. and read about it. Um I mean, basically, I mean, we've all lived through like the '80s and '90s of like American cinema, and whenever they make fun of like the French cinema, whenever you've seen that making fun, that was French New Wave. Yeah, why they're making fun of it? Well, it's funny because how much it affected actually the entirety of film Mm -hmm. throughout the world. It's funny the way they describe it in on the Wikipedia page, and I don't, I don't know enough about the topic to know if this is accurate or not. To me, it just sounded like a similar movement in film that punk music was. In music, which was basically, we're done with what everybody says is the right way to make a movie. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go out and make Broke what mold, we want. Essentially. Yeah, and so you know, before we start talking about our reactions to the movie, though, for for me, the ending struck me as kind of was sort of flat. I was like, "What the heck?" He's just he gets away, he's out of the ocean. That's that, and I'm mm-hmm. not sure. And then I read about you know that's that's the idea. They don't want you to draw any deep conclusions from it. It's just that's it's just, just presenting what something on the screen. There it is. Yeah. And uh, so that's, I think that's kind of cool, actually. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say the film really, it, I was surprised to see how, how highly regarded the film was. I wouldn't say it was a bad movie. I just, I wouldn't. Well, I it's, it's it. something. It, it w- it's the didn't. film that started something. So yeah. there's probably better versions of yeah. of French New Wave. Yeah, um, I've seen some of them, but I saw them so long ago, like in the '90s. I don't really remember. Yeah, I know uh, Truffaut was one of those guys. You know how everyone talks to about film critics, like, oh, they just they either want to make a movie or they they they. They they think they can do it better or whatever. If you think you can do it better, why don't you do it? Yeah. Um. He's the one that he was known in France as like the the most negative film critic in France at the time. Oh yeah. He was actually uh, um, uh, Truffaut was actually uh, uh, kicked out of Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival or Cannes Cannes <laughs> Film Festival, yeah. whatever you want to call it. He was huh. kicked out. He was not allowed to go in 1958. Because of his negative reviews of everything. <laughs> he just had this most negative review, and he came back the next year and won the Palm Dome. <laughs> That's funny. So That's it, really funny. It's just kind of... And the film is really about his life. Well, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I read about that, too, that, that a lot of it's um, autobiographical. Semi-autobiographical, yeah. of course. But. What's really funny to me about this movie, too, is I, I have a thing about old old pictures like from the turn of the century and stuff, if you have a really good picture, I will get this sucked into that. This is not from that. the turn of the century. No, 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 I know it's not from the turn of the century. I'm giving you an example <laughs> mm-hmm. that uh, if I see, like a, there was a, about a month ago I was at Trader Joe's, and if you go back into the back corner of Trader Joe's, like where the restroom is, 
Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of prints that they bought and framed of Bellingham, like in mm-hmm. the yeah. early 1900s. They're fun to see. And I got sucked into one of these pictures. I was just standing there. To, I must have been gaping at it because a woman came up to me and said, she goes, really cool, huh? And I thought <laughs> at first I thought she was making fun of me. And I was, I was like, yeah. You were like, am I still holding my penis? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I made sure nobody was watching when that happened. But um, – and then I got into a really, you know, a conversation with her about it. And we were talking about certain details in the picture. But that's what this watching this film reminded me of that because there was so much. Um, it was almost like a documentary at parts, you know. There was well, the, so the, much, like the of scene the, of the kids in the in the Punch and Judy show. Yeah, that yeah, was all yeah, natural yeah. reactions. All yeah. the stuff you see in in uh, in Paris, mm-hmm. none of that was set up. Those were real people just walking yeah. around Paris. But even just the the and shots, I of found the, that. Exactly the way you did. Yeah, even just the shots of the street and you know, the kids in the street walking around and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There was so much of that in this movie that it was almost there's almost like a documentary side to this movie. You could almost watch it like that with that in mind. You know, mm-hmm. seeing how people lived. You know, I think that's kind of cool. And that was also apparently one of the aims of the French New Wave was to just capture real life mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of you know any. Kind oh, absolutely, of, absolutely, and that the real emotion, the real life. And I watched this movie in, in a few different ways. I know uh, Mike here is holding off because he he's probably oh, yeah. going to launch into a diatribe about. <laughs> Let's this, not that, let him get other. a word in edgewise. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I really want to talk about this movie because I watched this movie in a few different ways. When I first started it, I was watching the movie kind of uh, as as almost nostalgia. Like oh, I remember being that young. I remember being yeah. twelve and and just. You know, just saying "fuck you, mom," "fuck you, dad," or whoever your parent is, and mm-hmm. and just doing, trying to do whatever you want. I didn't have as much balls as this kid, yeah. but uh, um, but and then I kind of switched into parent mode at some point when the parents are like, "He's burning down the house," and you take him out to a movie. What the fuck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So I was like, and then they had such a good time. I'm like, wow, that was kind of a magical moment. That was kind of really awesome. Yeah, you know, and 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 the kids into Balzac, and that's that's pretty fucking awesome. Oh, that part of the movie, I was like, any teacher in the world would be thrilled if a kid. Yes, but not a French teacher. Fuck you. Yeah, I French guess. teachers are like, you copied fucking Balzac, asshole. I think every every. Literary, every teacher teaching literature would, would be thrilled, <laughs> even course. if you plagiarize it. They would go, Oh my god, you read that and you loved it so much. You could, at 12, that's at 12, me. he's reading that Balzac and he funny. builds a shrine to him. And stupidly enough, burns, had, burns down his room, yeah. which is actually the kitchen and uh, foyer yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But it's it's Paris, man. They, I mean, his parents were middle class, that's middle class for Paris, man. Right. But uh, um, actually, no, they were probably lower middle class, but still. They were dickhead parents. Yeah. But then I, st- I kind of went into parent mode, and then by the end of the film, I was just like, this this movie, to me, uh, the way I translated the movie, was, you're right, it's kind of, it's not really, it, it's one of those uh, uh, Salinger things where it's really about nothing. Oh. You know how, uh, uh, what's that stupid book that everyone thinks is so Catcher awesome? In the right. Yeah, that dumbass fucking book. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to shoot a president anytime soon, because I fucking hated that book. Um <clears throat> Uh, but like that book was all about white privilege and just being a douchebag white guy that yeah. has too much money and not enough brains. Yeah. Um, this movie was more about uh, just a kid who has a lot of brains and just is not inspired by anything because you're, when you're 12, sure. you don't know what the fuck to be inspired by. Yeah. And it's just about growing up. It's about finding oneself, and I think that's one reason why he escapes and goes to the only place that he's really ever wanted to go, which is the ocean. Yeah. And whether he finds inspiration in that or not, it doesn't matter. He just turns to the camera and looks at you. Yeah. 
Like, what do you fucking think? You know, <laughs> I, I kind of liked it. I, I, it was, it was not an exactly a self examination, but it was a beautiful examination of of growing up and and right. and trying to find your way. And of course, we'll never know what it's like in post war Paris to grow up like they, these people. But mm-hmm. you know, the, it's it, 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 I really liked it for that. I watched it in a few different ways, and I really enjoyed it. So. Mm-hmm. I will let Mike take over from here. You know, I really, I, I honestly don't have a lot to add. Um, I thought it was a great story, and uh, much like you, I did wa- enjoy watching this kid get into all this fucking trouble, and then just have these completely douche. You know, his dad wasn't a douchebag; it was really the mom. That might just be a part of my misogyny coming out. No, and no, but the, the whole story behind his mom, Truffaut hated his mother. Yeah, hated her, blamed her tell. for everything. Because there's a series of films with that same little actor yeah. that plays, uh, well, Truffaut in this, or uh, Antoine Donnel. Yeah. Uh, uh, there goes my really horrible French accent. Antoine uh, Donnel. Antoine Donnel. <laughs> uh, I will have to... I, I actually thought of that about doing our uh, our introduction in several languages, oh, but yeah. I have to practice that <laughs> shit. Uh, anyway, um, he apparently there's several films where uh, from 1959 to 1970, the kid growing up and it's all based on his life and it wasn't until like the last couple of films that apparently Truffaut found a bunch of letters or her his mother's diaries basically praising him and thinking he's a genius and and loving him that he was into Balzac at such a young age and he was like I'm an asshole (laughs) so he started making films kind of of the other direction so yes you're supposed to hate the mother but I didn't really find the vehement hate that I've I read and have heard in a lot of the things in this film his her, his mother actually really touched him in uh, in a way that I don't think he noticed especially yeah. when she is you know I used to keep a diary and you know really tried to yeah. get on that same wavelength but you know she had her a kid out of wedlock way too young you know it, that story is happening right now right down the street here right. you know and so she's neglecting him for her <laughs> lover or her husband or whoever and you know She's got her life. He, she thinks he has his. And I find a lot of parents will fall into that trap of, mm-hmm. of thinking their kids are full grown, fully developed people when they're not. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And and uh, I noticed young younger people who have children fall into that a lot more often than the older people that have children. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway, sorry. No, uh, shut the fuck up. I, I, I think I think dang Skippy. You know, I think I uh, sympathize with empathize with this character and his hatred for his mother. I <laughs> will will not go into that too much. But uh, what I really appreciated uh, was the look of the film and the fact that it flew in the face of so much of what came before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we talk about French New Wave, uh, you know, here's a movie where they're shooting scenes out on the street with real people. They're not on some set at MGM. <laughs> not everything. Yeah. There's a few times when the characters like accidentally run into somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah, stuff like that, which you can tell if it's a real person or not. So, yeah. so you know, I think at the time, you know, I think Rick probably nailed it by calling it punk rock uh, mm-hmm. filmmaking. You can see a lot. Of I, I, I would have said this was guerrilla filmmaking at the time. I, I, I can picture him out Absolutely. just shooting on the. It had street. been a different time than yeah. use that term. Yeah. Right, definitely. and, and uh, you know the influence that it left. I mean, you you see other forms of cinema where the a new wave happens, and, and mm-hmm. particularly 
And, and you guys might not be too familiar with this, but there was a porn new wave that was based on the, the French new wave. And, oh and during the late 80s, early 90s, uh, these directors had finally, you know, stop, let's stop shooting this shit and let's start turning porn into real film. And you get a bunch of directors and a bunch of... Oh, you of, mean like Behind the Green Door and that kind of... Those, uh, well, those kind of movies? Th- well, that was more in the 70s, but by yeah. the late... Yeah, they get away... But you have to remember French New Wave was in the 60s, right. so I could see in the 70s. So it takes it takes by the late 80s, early 90s before you get a film <laughs> where they flat out call it New Wave Hookers. It's, it's New Wave Hookers, but it's shot in the, the French New Wave cinema format. Mm. In the, it, They take the genre and completely flip it. And then around the same time, you get somebody like Quentin Tarantino. They, they fuck on top of real people. <laughs> so everything, once you brought porn into it, everything you're saying has a double meaning, and it's yeah. cracking me up over here. So, but but uh, That's it, the 12-year-old in it. I know. I'm letting That's him the out. Antoine uh, Donet. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know, that said, I, I really appreciated the film. I, I, I was glad that I watched it. It was a difficult watch for me, watching this, this kid with his parent. And, uh, uh, you know, the symbolism, I got a lot of it. You know, he's four forced to run out to the yeah you know what well, they it, neglect him on a regular basis they're right. like oh we're gonna drive here this weekend um yeah, yeah. just leave the kid here i'll you know, <laughs> the kid's 12 years old i i i understand you know leaving him home alone for a few hours but right. a whole weekend of course yeah. the kid's gonna go out and get in trouble all i he, loved his friend by the way cool. all he really oh, needed yeah. was some younger siblings to care for and uh Mm-hmm. He would have nailed That'd it. That'd be a different movie. That would be a different mil- Which movie. I'm sure we've seen that movie. Right. It would have been my movie. So I'm sorry. I'm it would sad. Have been a new movie. I'm you should write a movie. Yeah. I thought it was kind we'll of call it Mike Newway. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny too the uh, the the part early on where he and his friend are skipping school and they're running around and he sees his mom making out with some dude. Yeah. And I and I thought, wow, that's a setup for something to come later. And, and then yeah. it just it was like, nope, it was just there. And then it yeah, it comes up later. It, it's. You can, a you little can, bit, but not, yeah, but it never. The, but the he plot never brings itself, it up. Never. Um, it's funny because he never uses that against his mom. He never really does yeah. anything except like, "Fuck, I, I'm going to get in trouble." And when he never does, he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> "He's like, well, I didn't get in trouble. I'm not going to bring shit up, you know, just yeah. like a kid would." That's a, how a kid would react to that. Though. That's true. He's learning how to manipulate the system. There, I mean, that's good for him. Good, good on Essentially, him. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the, the film, and, and on top of enjoying the film, I know how in, inspirational it was. And it was nice to actually see this. I had never seen it before. And it's nice to see where thematically it went and with all the films after it. And you go, okay, well, here's, here, here's, here's yeah. you know, it's like looking back at punk and then, you know, go, looking at Nirvana and going, well, you know, I can see the bridge between the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then again, there's you know there's like you can you go back to Seven Seconds or The Descendants, and then you then you fast forward to Green Day, and you're like, oh why? <laughs> so it gets, you know, so there's a lot of film that did that. Well, well, and then you come up with the term Baroque, and you know, whenever whenever uh, things things change, uh, and then they get to a point where they're shitty, and then they become Baroque, and then out of the Baroque, we go back into. <laughs> Do you punk just rock. mean broke? broke. Or, or are you trying to just? Are you adding an accent to the word broke? Cause no, Baroque. A Green Day Broke Punk. Baroque. <laughs> baroque they're Punk. They're fun, they're catchy, but Baroque punk. punk. There's the, there's a new genre yes. to explore. <laughs> there's no skinheads in Mohawk Town. <laughs> okay. No, no circle jerks? I'll okay, keep that fine, be that no, way. No, 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 no. We're looking for trending tags here. <laughs> those none of those are trending tags. None, <laughs> including Green Day, because I think they went the way of the movie too. They're not trending tags yet. They could be. 
again. We'll make them when they come back. That's right. Hashtag <laughs> old guy. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. So are we? Anyway, are we, how about uh, would you buy the movie a beer? I think I think you would. I I enjoyed it a lot. I'd buy it a beer. No yeah, problem. I'd buy this movie a beer. How about I would buy it a beer? <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, you're German. Oh, are you going to invade that's Paris? French. Are you going to break? Break? That was French. Beer. Beer. You have to swallow your R's. I yeah. learned this from French speakers. You have to. No, you don't. You don't. You don't rattle them. You don't. Uh, you don't do that. No, I'm doing it the back uh, of my tongue. You, you know, you have to swallow. You swallow the R. Oh. Like yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. What if I ch- I'm but choking on it though? <laughs> you have yeah. to swallow a lot yeah. in French. And that's what I love about the French. They swallow. <laughs> and you know what? I, no, I seriously love French people. They're they're the so name. much fun. If you don't act like an asshole tourist, yeah, and you stay away from <clears throat> Paris. And you just go to like a small town in France, they yeah. will treat you like a fucking king. Yeah. All you have to do is try yeah. to speak French, and they'll go, never do that again. See, yeah, that's what I've, <laughs> I've always heard. They have a and real attitude with you if you attempt no. to speak it and you don't, and you're not. No, you have to attempt to speak it, though. Okay. You just walk up to him, you speak English? Because <laughs> I don't speak nothing. <laughs> if you walk up to him like that, they're going to go, fuck <laughs> Okay, we'll combine the approach. And we'll combine the approach and go up to him and go, Parlez-vous anglais? <laughs> no. See if it's the attitude or the language. We'll see which Excusez-moi. one it is. Excusez-moi. Excusez-moi. And you, you just you attempt to ask for the bathroom. You attempt to ask for something. And, and they will go, Parlez-vous anglais? English? Yes. Le pisser? Le pisser? And you just say, Je désolé. Me. Francois and they'll be like oh don't do that again and I got that a lot they were like oh you're very cute but don't do that again so it's it's a beautiful thing it, it, yeah. I love France I love the French people I love French cinema and that was one of the things I wanted to bring up I watched a lot of 90s French movies yeah and uh, I I saw a lot of th- this movie in those movies yeah um it, yeah, I was just kind of enamored by that. Yeah. How is it? Well, you what know, I know you... you didn't notice, but when I was pouring Rick's glass, I had to stop because I was looking at the color coming out and the clarity of the beer. Yeah. And I was inspired. I, I couldn't wait to like pour my own glass, so I, I took a sip out of Rick's glass. <laughs> and then <laughs> I wanted, then I wanted to see what Rick's reaction was, and then he had a sip, and then I appreciated the reaction on his face. And now I'm going to hand you your glass and wait for your reaction. Okay. All right. All right. This, however, is uh, moving on. We're going. We're just just boom, da boom, da boom. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're, this, you'd think we're a professional podcast. We 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 are. Boys and girls, we are not a professional podcast. <laughs> we might not be. Profe- don't try this at home. We might don't, not be professional, ruin, but we've got some episodes. This behind is us. Black Raven Brewing. Yeah. Nothing but flowers. Session IPA. Black Raven. Nothing. Oh, nothing smell flowers. that. Yeah. See, I had to stop. Those are some hoppy hopness. I, I, I was pouring it. I was pouring it. And I noticed the the clarity and the texture and the smell, and I had to stop. It was, it was like oh you know, I couldn't wait to like finish pouring mm. a glass. I just had to that, taste it. That is like drinking a summer's day, <laughs> not a summer's eve, because that would be gross. <laughs> summer's fun. I am a terrible person. I'm going to go Duncan Trussell. Summer's Eve. You know, I want to see a, a beer company with enough guts to put out a beer called Summer's Eve. <laughs> Guess what we're doing this summer? <laughs> <laughs> Finally. 
Finally, yeah, yeah it's about, start about our to our brewery. We're going to have a Beer Plus 3 brewery. Yeah, Beer Plus 3, Summer's Eve. So we started out talking about Kevin Smith, and it, it was odd because last night I watched a, a Kevin Smith movie with my children. It was one that I, well, what, I, didn't, oh. I didn't even necessarily want to watch it, but I know the kids had listened to enough Kevin Smith's podcasts in the background while I'm cooking or whatever. Yeah. They were familiar with his voice yeah. and a lot of the, the players in the Kevin Smith universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, my kids are 10 and 13, I think. <laughs> Somewhere, give or take. So, you know, we're watching a rated R Kevin Smith movie, and I had to explain to them beforehand. They're both a little squeamish. Dad, it's rated R. And I'm like, well, you know, rated R does mean parental guidance, and I'm going to be your Did, par- parent, and I'm going to sit here and guide you. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but what, what's is that? Is this an R rated movie? It is. Mall Rats. What's, in, what's R rated about it? Uh, there's just a lot language? of boobs. There's a lot of boobs. Is there? There's a lot of ass. Wow, I must have missed something when I watched it. What the hell? I have no rec- I, 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 I picture that movie as being the more innocent of the films that he's made. Yeah, weird. I wonder what. What so, if I watched a uh, like an edited version of it or something? It, it, what potentially where, where? of uh, well, he just mentioned the Mallrats was, was R was rated R. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't recall anything in that movie that would have warranted an R. There's lots of tits. Wow, maybe I saw an edited version. It wasn't lost. That there might was, explain tits, why I hated the movie. Maybe yeah. I maybe maybe I did see a movie a version that had been chopped up. And there's a lot of the up. f word. Uh, the moms of America get really upset with the f word. Yeah. Uh, not so much with the n- violence, but also but nudity. Yeah. Because huh. I don't know if you've seen the movie uh, for your consideration. I think. Or, yes. Mm-hmm. Or I think it's called that. That's and, a great. That's and an excellent it's literally housewives rating our fucking movies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, those people should be put to sleep. I'd rather be <laughs> fucking the Raiders, to be honest with you. But uh, what, anyway, what? huh? Any- Moms of America? Yeah. yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to derail that, but I was just kind of surprised. I only fuck a mom from Mexico. <laughs> So I thought it would be entertaining. Like you know, actually, you know, I'd seen this movie enough times. I wasn't really thrilled to watch it again. But I, yeah. knowing the kind of cinema that my children are getting into, and, and speaking of uh, the night before, I had watched the Four Hundred Blows. I was like, you know, I'm trying to get my kids into the arts a little bit more. When they were younger, they were they were way. Wait, did you just consider Mallrats the arts? Oh, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. not high art, but it's, it's not high art. But that's not to say it's not art. Yeah. So I'm trying to get them into the arts a little bit more by inter- forcing them to listen to music. Where they love used to love listening to music, and now all they care about is fucking video games. So I was <laughs> like, okay, kids, we're going to sit and watch a movie, and I think you're going to enjoy it. And turn- Did your son, was your son able to sit down and yeah. get through the whole thing? After he got beyond the point that it was a rated R movie and he was going to have to watch it anyways. And, you know, I, it made me think of, you know... I hear, Does he get a little red when he sees boobies? It's not that he gets red. He was just afraid it was going to be like a horror film. Oh. Uh, he has your anxiety problem? Yeah, so he wanted to get up and run. And it was not a... You know, it, it turned out I enjoyed... What I really enjoyed was watching these two kids watch the movie. You know, I've got my daughter sitting in the corner... Just making all of these faces, but not trying to show how much she's being entertained. And the sun, anytime boobs came on the screen or something very hilarious, the stink palming scene, yeah. he is literally rolling on the floor in circles, just dying and laughing. And Silent Bob comes sailing through the air and his head comes crashing. Fly, fat fly! <laughs> I, I'd have to say, even though I asked them afterwards, they're like, oh, it's all right. I'd have to say they both loved it. They both got very into it. And I think, you know, I mean, you know, my wife, 
after she got home and we're halfway through the film, she goes, is this a kid appropriate? Because there's all this tits <laughs> and they're no. smoking yes, blunts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I, You're I, talking to a guy who saw Stripes in the theater. I... When he was a kid, I think I, I think I think kid appropriate it is fucking great movie, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. And the one thing you remember from that movie is not the tits and ass. Yeah, it's oh, the yeah, funny yeah. bits. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And that's what kids glom onto yeah. is what in, truly entertains them. And I really and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm a fucking dick. <laughs> you go ahead. No. Well, I'm going to interrupt and respond to Jeff. There you go. You're right. When I was that age, that really didn't leave that big of an impression. Although that was sort of that was always fun to see. And it was kind of there the was norm a movie. too, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a lot back then. I mean, and it was all of movies. our parents let us watch this shit. Well, if they oh, yeah, had yeah. A ra- yeah. if they had a rating of PG-13 back when we were kids, yeah. Stripes would have been PG-13. That's, Even yeah. with the huge yeah. shower oh, yeah. scene. Yeah, there's nothing in that movie. Um, there was a there was a movie called and I loved this movie as a kid. I thought it was great, but it turned you know it's I don't think it was very popular or very well known. It was called How to Beat the High Cost of Living. Have you ever heard you ever seen that movie? Had like yeah, um, it's a good movie. Yeah, it had it was basically about three women I who didn't planned see it until to I was an adult. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw it as a kid. And there's a scene there where Jane Curtin's character is trying to distract everybody, and so she like rips off her shirt. <laughs> and in the movie, they basically show a close up of right right here. Yeah, on her when she they does did it. that. They do for, that with stunt tits. Yeah. For, yeah. Oh, yeah. I read later on that as a as a trivia thing that that wasn't her. That was somebody yeah. else. And, so you know, for the podcast li- listeners, you were pointing yeah. towards your chest and oh yeah, open yeah. Your I'm shirt. sorry. Yeah. This is well. I did say stunt tits. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, they they zoom in on that spot or they yeah. they cut to that and it's it's a close up. <laughs> and that yeah, was I remember that being like. That was just filling the giant screen in front of me. I remember thinking, looking at that, going, "Oh my god, this!" It felt like so wrong, but I was like, "This is awesome." For me, the same scene in a different movie called Victor Victoria oh, was a oh, big yeah, deal yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, because I saw Mary Poppins tits, <laughs> and I was so excited. That was masturbatory theater for years. Did you need a wet, that. dry, wet? I needed several wet, dry, wets. I went from wet to dry to wet again. I don't. <laughs> so your kids liked the movie. Your uh, Nicole was concerned about it, the appropriateness yeah, of it. Yeah, and you know, fuck her. She left the room anyway. <laughs> so I watched the kids watching the, the film, and I thought it was great to try to introduce and and going back to Truffaut, the, the movie I watched tonight. That's kind of the inspiration. That got me to thinking, you know, it, and my wife and I have been talking about it for a while. So the kids are just not into the arts at all. Video games, some kind of art, but let's expand. No, it, it is know. art. Let's and expand. To, There's more than video games. To be games. honest with you, your your son and daughter are into more of the artsy video games than most kids. I'm sorry, but anybody who plays Call of Duty is not into as far as I'm concerned, being a video game player is not really into the whole art as video games as art. Right. They're not into storytelling as as video games are capable of storytelling. And, you know, they both appreciate watching anime, yeah. so they've been into anime mm-hmm. lately. And an- anime is completely fine, but there's more. There's more. Let's, oh, look, yeah. let's look at all of it. But yeah. anime is something that most American parents oh. would consider illicit material when it comes to children because mm. they're they deal in we're not letting them watch tentacle porn yet we'll wait till they're uh, well, 14 no, no, i'm not talking about tentacle <laughs> porn. i'm talking year. about simply like naruto or something that kids are actually watching which deal in a, 
very mature subjects, right. whether it's whether it's sex or whether it's death or whether it's violence on you know whether it's violence towards women, whether it's violence towards whoever the innocent, uh, the, the 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 small village, it's it's it deals with things, and that's one thing I think your kids have an advantage over a lot of other. Uh, at least American kids. I want to say American. I'm just going to use our culture. Um, is our culture has talked down to children and our and their parents so much in the society that I I really think that any kid who watches a lot more anime is getting more out of that than mm-hmm. they would a lot of the kids' movies right. that are mm-hmm. being portrayed today. And, and hmm. it just as a segue to my own, I just watched uh, Big Hero 6 and Book of Life, um, both kids' movies that just came out. Um, both of them, thank God, are dealing with those exact subjects. And I think they're sneaking it in on American parents. Right. On the helicopter parents. Yeah. The helicopter parents. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was fantastic for my son to see. You know, we played Skate 3 for a couple of years, and it was, it was a great little game, but uh, Jason Lee stars in the video game. And suddenly he sees Jason Lee on the screen. <laughs> He's a real person, Dad. I can't believe it. <laughs> nice. And not only awesome. that, it's like, Dad, he, look, he has friends. Coach Frank has friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that reference was. I didn't understand that reference until you just now. Explained yeah, it. so it, it was great. I would do it again, now, and 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 the whole time there, Silent Bob doesn't say anything till the very end of the movie, as in Silent always. Bob tradition, and he starts speaking. They go, "Dad, that's the podcast you listen to all the time." Yeah, <laughs> it's like yes, he won't shut up if he's on a podcast, but on the screen, he's not going to say anything till the very end. You should um, you should let him watch um, let him watch a couple episodes of My Name Is Earl and see if he notices that the that the two characters are, are the, in Mallrats. Yeah, yeah with the because yeah. he looks so different in that, and also the 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 guy who was trying to do the three D picture. Is, yeah. yeah, he's mm-hmm. in that, but mm-hmm. he looks way different. That's too, exactly so that's, what I thought. Is we're gonna have to do some. I want to do Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back as being the next one because they kind of lead to it at the end of this film with the monkey Suzanne. Suzanne, we're gonna do that, and then I think we'll do a little. My name is Earl. Well, I think you, I think you should move on to uh, other uh, uh, '80s and '90s cinematic uh, you know traditions what? for him. I, I, think, I, I, watched, think, I think I think you're you're on the right track. I think you should just keep going. Yeah, I watched absolutely um, Blade Runner with Mason a couple nights mm-hmm. ago, yeah. and that's a good one. And the reason that would be a good one is because um, that actually has uh, that movie visually influenced a lot of. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of, but some a lot sci-fi, of sci-fi anime. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, not anime. No, but sci-fi. Well, yeah, there's some some sci-fi. Like if you lo- look at like um, um, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, but wouldn't you say that that, that, it, that like... it was had been inspired by anime? Like, yeah, I like, I would like say like kind Blade, of the opposite. Blade, yeah. Blade Runner was probably inspired by a uh, Tetsuro um, in the Battlestar Galactica's and the Galaxy Express Nine Nine, which have that came same out, look. which which came out years before Blade Runner. Yeah, but that doesn't have the same look. Uh, I I would I would. If, it's got that film noir kind of look to it. Is that none of those mm, have I, that? And that's I, I really think, where I think you'd have to go back and watch. But I think and to be safe. honest with you, no, that's that's that. where uh, um, I think Blade Runner gets a lot of its flavor is film noir. It's yeah. not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. a complete film noir. Yeah. And they do it. He does it as a straight film noir. Yeah. Movie. And well, he. Uh, it, it, it's not. It's not played down. It's not even suggested. It's just like yeah. this is film noir. Yeah, it's just in a sci-fi setting. But that's why I think get Mike, the fuck used to it. That's why I think Mike's beautiful. kids would uh, would would 
take to it because it's got a little bit of you that feel so? to it. I, oh, I yeah. don't know. I think it's a little slow for that. I it think, is. I think Mason's kind of the right age for for that. He, I think he his, could, I I could think tell his daughter was... would probably glom onto it and kind of recognize yeah. it for what it is, yeah. but I don't know if his son would. Um, what did what did Mason think? I mean, what Well, did, he was what... getting a little impatient with it because there is a lot of setup in that movie. There's a few yeah, exciting points. The, the 80s and 90s, we actually had substance. So Well, yeah, and but there's a lot to that movie to get across, so there was a lot of... A lot of slow scenes that you have to sort of setting things up. But, no, he really liked it. He liked it a lot. And he actually, I was very proud of him because we watched the movie. And then at the end, we watched the director's what's known as the final cut, which is where he takes the, uh, he took the the narration out and he added, he reinstated his own ending. You know, the original ending was they escape and then you see them flying away and he has the narration of, you know, I don't know how long we're going to live and who knows and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's just like which it, was obviously uh, uh, influenced by producers or the, the yeah it was studio like, themselves it was like because the, Americans don't understand yeah it was like a happy anything ending. yeah so they, they have to be spoken they to had to have like the children upbeat yeah. ending on it but um so instead what we got was the there's a scene inserted in the middle have you watched the the final cut version of this I have and it's it, it's been a while since I watched the movie and there's a there's a new scene in the middle of the movie where Harrison Ford's character is is asleep in his apartment mm-hmm. and he's having a dream. And the dream is of a unicorn running around in some kind of oh, yeah. fantasy looking forest. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the Absolutely. movie, um, Edward James, almost his character, Puts the uh, unicorn who, that freaked me out that that was him. Cause he's another actor who has changed massively. But like from, if you look at him in Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. and in this, it's oh, like a totally different person, but he, he puts the little folded up unicorn in the hallway at the end. Which was in the original movie. And Miami didn't make Vice. Any sense. Yeah, he was, in, he was in Miami Vice. A lot. Oh, I didn't know that. The original but, um, almost was. Yeah, but uh, he wasn't the main character yeah. guy. But he was in that movie. In that but show. he goes, he goes and picks it up and looks at it. And originally, when I saw that without the unicorn dream scene, I always just thought that was just him saying. I thought that was that character telling him, "I know what you're doing, and it's okay to take her and escape." Which, but when you see the movie with the unicorn dream in it, it's a whole other meaning. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow, holy crap. Mm-hmm. And I asked Mason, I, kept, I, I asked him a few questions about it. I was, like, I was like, what do you think that ending meant? What do you think the thing with the unicorn meant? And he goes, I don't know. He was dreaming about it. I said, yeah. And I, I go, what do you think that meant? And he was like, I don't know. How would that guy know what he was dreaming about? And I said, well, remember earlier when Deckard knew what Rachel's secrets were? And her like memories that she had never told anybody about. And he sat there and he thought about it for a second. He goes, he goes, is Deckard a replicant? I was like, wow, you you figured that out. I was like, holy shit. Well, it's okay, not that's that far cool. of a stretch. But it is but. when you've watched that whole movie where he's running around killing them and to have this ending. And for me, it was kind of a shock too because that's never been the ending. My ending has always yeah. been he falls in love with her. He knows what she is. See, I own the director's cut. Maybe that's maybe that's my problem. Is I've since the original, I've only seen the director's cut. Yeah, and so that's that's what I've watched so many times. Oh, oh, is okay. that one? I have to admit, that's the one I love. I have to admit, I kind of missed the voiceover a little bit because it gave a little bit of an atmosphere to it and a little it, bit of a feel it, it to it. Added to that film noir quality. Yeah, yeah. I can, you can live without it just fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was completely unnecessary. It wasn't but, as bad as like like the Shawshank Redemption, where like every moment is narrated in the entire <laughs> fucking movie, and you don't even need to sit down and watch the movie. You could just listen to fucking uh, uh, Morgan Freeman talk about the movie the whole fucking time, yeah. and you would get the whole fucking movie. 
So <laughs> here I am walking down a hallway. <laughs> yeah, that guy might live out the night. Maybe he won't, but I think he will. Oh, look at that. He did. <laughs> I don't understand it. Are you saying that makes it good or makes it bad? No, it's a shitty fucking movie. I've never really liked that movie. <laughs> you, sir, can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Why? It's not that good of a movie. It's an okay movie. It's the Shawshank Redemption yeah. is on it. Yeah, um, it's I don't, an okay movie. I don't remember. It's I remember a white guy buddy movie who. It, 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 oh, look at that! Prison represents life. Blah 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 blah. He escaped and went I'll, to Mexico and lived the life of Riley. Yeah, Good I don't for him. I remember he didn't kill his wife. I remember whatever. watching the film and not really having any reaction one way or the other about it. But that was the my, book. Yeah. Which is actually a novella. It's one novella in a book of four. Yes, because Stephen King. Stephen King can't write more than he. It's like you give you give Stephen King a chance to write a five hundred uh, five hundred word essay. He he's going to write oh. a five billion word essay. <laughs> well, that's and try to cut it down as best he can. He had a he's had two books that started off as essays that turned into books, which was uh, <laughs> on writing and then Dance Macabre, which it was like they were he just kept the going. The man vomits words yeah. and just keeps going. He's bulimic, but, uh, but in words. But that novella. Uh, which was called uh, the the Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Um, one of probably f- three or four books I've read in my life that actually had me kind of in tears at the end of it. The ending, he writes that so incredibly. I mean, it's so perfect, and he he's he actually does that a ending. very good writer. Oh, he's an excellent writer when he wants to be. But um, the film, so and it was really the the Dark Tower stuff that really made me go, "Wow, this yeah. guy's a good writer." Yeah. You know, I haven't read them enough, but what I have found is that if it's less than a hundred pages, it's good, or if it's over a thousand pages, it's good. <laughs> and in between, I, I don't tend to care for them. Yeah. What have you? What, what stuff have you read that you, that you would say you liked? Well, the any of the novellas, the Running Man, the Shawshank Redemption, oh, oh, any yeah, of the, yeah. any of those little tiny ones, and yeah. then like it, you know, which is just this massive yeah. volume. Yeah. Bam, uh, you know, really good stuff. Um, have you read the End of Days one? What's that one called? Uh, Days on um, the, sh- the stand, the stand. Yeah, yeah. Did you oh, read yeah. That one? I have not. But that's like a five thousand page book. Oh, it's buy. good too. Yeah. I and that's I what that I hear twice. is how good that book is, and I'm like, I don't know if I can pick that up. I read the first. He, I could use it as a paperweight. He put out a version originally that had a. Uh, he had wanted it to be a lot longer, with a lot more stuff in it. And the editors, uh, when he originally published it, they said we can't publish something this long, and they chopped out huge chunks of it. Mm-hmm. And then they published it. He wrote a few little bits and pieces to kind of glue it all together. But um, he republished it in, God, what was it, the late 90s? Yeah. In his version of it. His version is way better. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when you hear about an, an author or a director going back and redoing their their work, it's like, oh, shit, they're going to add on all kinds of stuff that shouldn't have been in there. But in this case, it was stuff that he basically have been in just there. picked up the other book and went here and published this. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was oh, maybe it was some so touch good. ups, but it was so good. It was such a huge improvement. By the way, that uh, Black Raven is fucking good. Yeah, I'm giving that a four. I'm, or maybe I'd say three and a half, four. Yeah. yeah, I'd say three and a half. Solid three and a half. I would say they met and exceeded their goals. I would, I'm gonna go and say a two. That's <laughs> not, not my thing. Sorry. So I'm sure say a solid three. I'm sure the, it's the, good the, 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 for the people who like that. That is us. <laughs> so this has become the the movie episode. Do do we want to get to wrapping this up and then starting oh. with on another? Yeah, yeah we, we can do that. Yeah. You want to talk about some wisdom tooth removal? Mm-hmm. Well, let's save that for the next podcast. Yeah, right. yeah. Got a bunch more beer to drink. So I, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we we're uh, calling it good. 
All right. Any well, this thoughts? has been uh, Final Thought. I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> um, next. Well, you know, I just wanted to say that, Caleb, you know, I know Asian people tend to look alike, but it was Nicole and not Cassandra, and that's enough. <laughs> What, what the fuck? <laughs> now we got to hear that story. Oh, that's when a the cliff- mics go off. That's a cliffhanger, and we'll, we'll all pick right, it up. <laughs> all right, wow, interesting. Did did Caleb really do that? Did he make a huge faux pas? Because oh. that would be hilarious. That would be embarrassing. Yeah, that yeah. would be embarrassing. Anyway, um, I just want to um, say that uh, yeah, four hundred blows, good pretty good flick. Um, and also that Mike and Jeff recorded something about a week ago. We're gonna. We're gonna segue out of this into that and into Mike and Jeff, yeah. but not this Jeff. We're gonna—it's the other Jeff. We're it's gonna... the quiet talker, <laughs> the one that's not so. Well, he still has his man card, so we can. We can oh, say that's true. That, I don't yes. think he's so quiet on this one either. You think oh, he blossoms? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's really great too because they basically tear apart my taste in cars for about half of this. So. <laughs> This will be fantastic. Oh, yeah, it's I'll a car it. podcast. Oh, no. Je- no, this no, Jeff's no, no. going to glom right on It's not that. a car podcast. It's a what the hell is wrong with Rick's taste in cars podcast. That's what it is. So I've already heard it. I already know what it is. So, uh, yeah, so enjoy, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Good night. And welcome to Beer Plus 3. This is a supplemental podcast. Uh, you know, I don't even know if we could call it Beer Plus 3. It's probably going to be more Beer Plus 2. But this is Jeff and I. We're a few beers in already, as you'll probably be able to tell very shortly. Currently, I'm drinking the uh, Contact High from uh, Skookum, the Skookum Brewery. You, you guys have all heard me talk about Skookum Brewery in the past, and you know that my love for them uh, is immense and deep, similar to what I'm feeling in my uh, rectal area right now. <laughs> uh, and but it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing, I didn't even... I, I, I chose to wear the butt plug tonight. <laughs> he didn't request it. It's just going to be there, and I'm just going to try to try to act like it's not. And I'll try and act like we didn't have this conversation. <laughs> but this is a... Tr- it tastes like a like a double or an imperial. I think they said it was an imperial with a shit ton of hops or something. It has got a shit ton of hops. <laughs> Drinking this beer has me thinking I'm smoking a doobie. Yeah, it's, it's heavy in the hops and it's not just in one type. I mean, there's so many different hops. In it. It's in... Obviously. And they're really, there's a little bit of amarillo. There's not a lot yeah, of there there's is. not a lot of citron hops. Yeah. But there is a lot of amarillo. Yeah. And the Cascade, and it's balanced real well. It's a terrific beer. Um, it's great. We did start with another beer before this. Oh god, the Crux Saison. Yeah, the the Crux Saison. What did you think? I absolutely love that. Uh, uh, you guys just reviewed that one, didn't we? You? Did it? We reviewed that one on last night's podcast that you haven't heard yet because. It's still sitting in the canister waiting to be produced. Oh, okay. Well, I'm still on whatever episode. You're the prior, episode behind, yeah. Which was which was a lot of fun. It was really it was funnier to listen to you talk shit about your wife, but <laughs> she didn't mind. But she hasn't so, listened to it yet. No. I'm sure I'm going to eat a lot of shit for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always cool when you hear somebody talk shit about their wife and you well, have parallel conversations like that. It's funny, but I think everybody should talk shit about their wife, and I'm sure everybody does, and everybody talks shit about their husband as well. I mean, nobody's nobody's perfect, and I think we all need to vent, and I wish more people would take the time to vent. I mean, instead of beating your wife, vent. (laughs) Talk 
Get your homeboy and vent. That's definitely the way it should be. Stop kicking yeah. your dog. Yeah. That's, that's well, what, I don't know about that. No, yeah, I know. You're into kicking the dog. I'm kind of, name. I kind of enjoy disciplining my dog. She's not very bright, and she's very bold. But it's not really her fault, man. It's your wife you're pissed off at. No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> pissed off at my wife at all. No, no, no. Not never. all the time. Not all the time. Oh, not it happens, of course. Yeah. yeah. But it's just another bitch in my life. That's yeah. all. I just... <laughs> So one, one bitch is taking the heat for another bitch, because they're all bitches that don't really matter. And they all want the attention, so yeah, this is the attention you're going to get, that's a really, it's good or bad. That's a really negative statement you just made. Well, <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. They all want attention. Yeah. Yeah, they do. This is true. All the women in my life want my attention. Yeah. Maybe I'm not feeding them enough attention. I don't know. It's never enough. No, it isn't, is it? I had mine the other night. I was trying to take a, a nap, and she decided, like, now is the time for attention. Mm-hmm. And she's crawling all over me, and mm-hmm. you know, trying to be funny. I was like, I just would like to nap for fifteen minutes. Yeah. For hey. me, there's never not a time. There's never not a, a specific minute where mm. uh, tension is not needed. Could it be worse? Yeah, it could completely being ignored. Yeah, that would be way worse. That would fucking suck. But I've got... You know, I think it's better to have too much attention and more than you necessarily want than yeah. it is to have zero attention. Yeah. Because you got zero attention, you know she's getting it from someplace else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to well, make her happy. Somebody else is going to make her happy. Well, if you have a, if you don't have an open relationship or if you don't have an open com- line of communication, obviously. Right. I mean, if, you, if you're okay with that kind of shit happening and you're just like... She's like, hey, you're not doing it for me, Henry. I need to get something. And if you're not okay with it, then... That's kind of your fucking problem. Yeah, it could be a problem. could be a problem. If you're so okay. you might as well just give them the attention they want yeah. and just kind of groan. And <laughs> It's fun, yeah. too, though, I have to admit. But there are times when you just want to fucking sleep. There <laughs> are times when you just want to close your eyes and take the fucking nap. <laughs> and it's probably because you paid her too much attention the night before when you wanted to go to bed and you should have gone to bed. You paid her attention. So now you're paying the price the next day. You're going to be tired all day. And then she still won't let you take a nap. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. The current problem we have in my house is that, as you know, I bought a new car, newer car. And that car has taken a lot of my attention, a lot of my obsession. Right. And a lot of my... uh, Your energy? My energy. There's there's an amount of energy that you're willing to expel beyond yourself and put into something else. And suddenly the car has that energy. And there's some obsession over it, too, because I'm trying to make it... I'm trying to personalize the car. As you know, when you buy a car, you want to make it your car. And you've only had it like two weeks, right? Yeah, I haven't had it very long. And I'm really learning the car, and, you know, it's it's becoming the other wife, I think. And it's funny because I bought the car, and, and knowing it, like I said earlier tonight, it was playing around in the car, changing settings to set my phone up and, and found out that the girl's name that owned the car was LaDonna. And there's really no chance that it was a white girl that owned the car prior to me. It no. was probably a black girl. And uh, in, in my family, we name our cars. Every one of our cars is always... They're always anthropomorphized. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're always turning them into something beyond what they are. You, yeah, absolutely. And why is that? Um, well... 
I don't know if it's to give them their own identity because I we've talked about this earlier. Is mm-hmm. I, I do think the cars develop a soul. Mm-hmm. I or they develop. I don't know if it's even a soul or an energy or what. Right. Well, it's funny because you, you, you were talking about that, and you talking about that reminded me that, you know, you had yet to watch All Cars Go to Heaven. Right. Which starts with this very same concept in that do cars have a soul? Do they start mm-hmm. with a soul? Is a soul added? And if a soul is added, what does it take to give a car a soul? Mm-hmm. Personality. Mm-hmm. Love. Life. Experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think you're exactly right. I have yet to name any of my cars. Yeah. But maybe that's just because I don't want to humanize them because I want to beat the shit out of them and enjoy them. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to feel bad when I'm pushing Ladonna a little too high. You know. <laughs> I want to. I want to jump on the gas and I don't want to feel bad that I'm taking advantage of the fact that she's not telling me no. <laughs> well, I, originally I wanted to name my car Keisha. Right, because it had a lot of attitude, and it was owned obviously a black black woman yeah. prior. Yeah. But Lee came up with the idea. She goes, "Oh, how about Jolene?" After uh, 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 Barbara, not Barbara Streisand, but um, Big Dolly Lewis. Parton, Big Booby Dolly and Parton, Big Booby Dolly Parton's Jolene. Right. You know, and she laughs about it. She comes up. She goes, "Oh my God!" I came up with the perfect name. I come home from work, and she goes, "Perfect name? Like, what?" And she goes, "Think about this line." She goes, uh, "I." Uh, fuck was it? it was the line um he talks about you in his sleep and there's nothing i can do and i know i'm not gonna be able to keep him and this and that and she just starts laughing she goes fucking jolene it's perfect she goes you're dreaming about the fucking car the other night <laughs> oh fuck all right so she's got this whole downtrodden wife syndrome all right. going on now he's just like I, she's know, playing second fiddle to something else in the same second house. Fiddle. And as a matter of fact, this morning she takes a picture of the car. Mm-hmm. She opens the garage, takes a picture of the car's ass, mm-hmm. and sends it to me and says, all guys love pictures of their, their girlfriends and wives' asses. So sends me a picture of the car, and I'm fucking dying. I'm laughing at work. And I'm like, all right. So, yeah, I'm getting a little obsessed with the car. It's time to come right. back to reality, but... How do you feel about the car? She starts driving it. What if she starts eating the car's at proverbial ass? <laughs> um, you gonna be okay with that? Yeah, I'll be okay with it. It'll probably turn you on a little bit. A little bit. You'll be like, oh, I got Jolene, got my wife, wife. mixing it up. I think it would be cute if she learns how to drive it. I'd love nothing more than for her to have her own. Yeah, it's re- yeah. I I drove your car early today, and I think you're right. I think that that is a tough learner for a yeah. stick I think either the stick you we and, you and I just had like a 40 minute discussion on what what the problem with that stick is yeah. and and as beautiful a car as it is I'll say that is the one part that just kind of takes it down yeah. a notch or two yeah and it's the thing that could be fixed I'm pretty sure yeah it's it's all mechanical but I think I think that is the thing that holds it back from being a learner's car I think if it had a better a better stick I think I think a learner could get in there and and uh figure out what they were doing but i'm afraid that a learner in the car with the stick such that it is i think it's been in 360s yeah it's going to come out so i think if i think if they figure out how to launch in first gear by the time they hit second gear and they stomp on second gear it's coming around and it's probably not going to stop yeah and that's um that's the unfortunate reality and it's funny because i take uh lee and i'll take ava separately for rides Mm -hmm. and Often what I'm asked is slow down, D- slow down in this turn, slow down in this hill. There's a hill coming up. There's this coming up. 
okay, now you can go fast. I'm like, okay, well, they can't have, it feels differently from the passenger seat than it does the driver's seat. I'm completely yeah. in control of the fucking right. vessel. For a person in the passenger seat doesn't have that same feeling of control. No, absolutely. They're totally out of control. Unless you know the car. Like, like you were driving my car earlier tonight, yeah. and I was sitting in the passenger seat, and I was like, oh, well, he should be shifting now. Or, yeah, yeah. And, and completely different experience. I wasn't hitting your shift points, obviously. Yeah. I was shifting when I wanted to shift. Because I, I oftentimes, my dad used to say, uh, boy, when you drive a stick, you need to get up on the cam. So that mean that essentially means you have to rev it high, uh-huh. especially four cylinders. Well, if you're having high. fun, right? If you're, you're having, having fun. fun, if you're trying to save gas, you shift. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's your car, so I don't want to like. No, and, and, and I, I didn't have a problem. I just wanted yeah. to have fun in the car. I don't mind sharing. I'm okay with sharing. I drove my drove my not to get on cars forever, but I, taught, I drove my sister's uh, Honda Civic. It has I think it's like V6 Civic. Has mm-hmm. a VTEC six cylinder in it. Mm-hmm. Bitch is fast for for a standard just a soccer mom fucking A to B kind of thing. Fuck the thing is fast. I took she handed me the keys when she first bought it and says here I need you to run home and get this for me and on and on. We were at a party. They fold those out of paper, right? They don't have yeah. real bodies. Oh They're yeah, super yeah, light. It's fucking way light and goddamn thing. I you know I changed all her radio settings to heavy metal. She had some fucking fucking rap <laughs> bullshit right. in there and I turn it to fucking death metal channel and I fucking crank it all the way and left it that way yeah. when I gave it back to her yeah bring the car back and it's kind of smoking underneath I could, and you could smell the glazing coming off the belts because I'd had it so fucking hot and I had it panning you know and it's like <laughs> it was going a lot faster than she would ever drive and had right. way more horsepower than she ever knew what to do with and a, uh, naturally aspirated or turbo yeah, naturally aspirated yeah. but just the, the VTEC 6 is yeah. just fucking badass yeah. engines for what they are yeah fucking honda sorry rick <laughs> well rick was i was talking to rick and and i have been talking to rick uh and he's ready to buy a new car is he and he's had such good experience with the honda brand and, and let's be honest nobody really has bad experience with the honda brand that's true they're good cars they're super reliable yeah but uh you, you know they're not the market leaders that they once were you know uh, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're almost too safe. They're too. They're not doing anything at Honda that is exciting at all. Yeah. yeah. So Rick Rick is convinced that because he's had such a great experience with the Honda, that's not to say the Honda hasn't broke down or had problems. Because I know in the last year it has. You know, we've talked about it. it's like, oh, you Rick, you're not coming tonight. Oh, well, the Honda's having problems. <laughs> so it's not, but. I think I think a lot of the manufacturers have that kind of thing worked out already. I think I think cars in general. Like a train around here. We do. Oh. People got to get to Canada somehow. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a train. Yeah. Wakes me up every night. But uh, the Hondas have just become so reliable that. Because they need to match this this level of reliability, they're not willing to push design. They're not willing to try new things, or the new things they try are really boring, like uh, continually variable transmissions. I'm mm. sorry, I don't know if I need a CVT transmission in anything. How fun could that be? You're always in the right gear. It's always making the same droning noise. Yeah, I have one in the 500. Yeah, you know it's reliable. 
It, it, I'm, but, I'm sure that it's reliable, but yeah. where's the fun, man? Where's the, where's the torque? It's, it's a flat yeah. line wherever you're at. Yeah, it's just swash plates. It's it's just smarter than you yeah. are. It's just yeah. the, the transmission is just smarter than you are. Yeah, no constant CVT trainees belong in John Deere tractors. That's where they should be. Fuck it, you know, and something that's boring and for utility. Mm-hmm. If you want something that's that's going to be powerful and, and interactive or something you can be interactive with, yeah, you don't want to fucking you don't want those trainees. But I think you're right. Honda used to be like an innovator. They used to be a leader in that industry because they tried all kinds of shit, especially. They were trying. You well, they were trying to make something that would grab the market. They were trying to grab yeah. market share. They they wanted they wanted to give reason uh, people a reason to buy them and not mm-hmm. go out and buy the names that they were used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Rick maybe he has missed the boat or maybe he hasn't missed the boat because he wants to get back into a Honda because he just came out of a Honda and had such a good experience with it. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, he's had it for probably, I bet you he's going on six or seven years. Okay. He's had it a while. Um, he's not a high mileage driver though either. You mm-hmm. know, he, he drives to work, which is probably six miles, I'm imagining. Jesus. Six, seven miles from where he's at to downtown Bellingham. It's not very far, so... And his road trips are very small because none of his family likes to travel much. So I'm imagining that car has less than 80 grand on it. Jesus Christ. Do you know the resale value on that car? Yeah, he's probably going to get his money out of it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know. And knowing Rick, and he's very meticulous, you know that there's not a fucking crumb in that car. Yeah, I'm sure that it doesn't uh, look like my 500 garbage can. I, yeah. was in, <laughs> I was in his car about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. We went... To a show in Canada, yeah, it looked brand new. Yeah, it 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 looked on the outside, on the inside, it looked brand new. But you know what? I don't think it made Honda any less boring. It's just it's so <laughs> no, safe. It just it's, but then again, Rick isn't someone who wants to push an envelope either. Having um, uh, Rick as a passenger a couple of times now, uh, or at least yeah, having had him as a passenger and. Um, uh, a road mate, I guess, uh, um, to Portland. He has critiqued my driving in several different several different occasions. He is not comfortable with people that go fast. He does not like to go fast. He's not an envelope pusher at all. Right. And I respect that. Everybody is different. Everyone has their lim- their limits and what they're willing to right. do to put themselves. But in risk. and I think I think. I think Rick, and this is what I'm real curious about, is I think Rick would say that, you know, he just needs transportation. He doesn't necessarily care about stepping into a car with a soul. But how do you convince somebody who doesn't care to start caring? That's what I've been wondering is, Mm -hmm. you know, I could put him in your car or my car. We could take him for a drive. But would that be enough? Or would that be like him going to Disneyland and getting in a ride and going, oh, this is fun, but why would I want to do this? But at the same time, I feel like even if he doesn't care, he's probably wrong for not caring. He probably, I, you know, I really like to see him in something that had that soul. I guess there's a couple ways to think about it. Either you could take him for a ride in your car or my car, and one of two things will happen. It will either inspire him to go, right, life is short and this timeline is only so long, and I should think about living. The kids are adults, and... I'm the only driver in the house, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. So maybe I should buy something that excites me, or it'll scare the fuck out of him enough to go, oh, I'm buying another Honda Civic, and that's the way it's going to be. That's just, uh, <laughs> I don't need yeah. all this whipping around corners. This, this, this is too much for me. Yeah. 
you know, and and everyone has, like I said, everyone has those limits. You know, maybe it'd be enough to inspire him to buy a dirt bike and go fucking mud and, you know, or or, or maybe it's not even that though, right? There's there's the other aspect of a car with a soul, right? The car with a soul doesn't have to be the fun car. It yeah. could also be the fucking Lincoln Continental that you get into oh. with the fucking velvet buttery seats. Yes. Oh my god! You sit yeah. in there, you know, they're so plum and yeah. flush and and supple. Yeah, it's like laying on a uh, a beautiful woman's body. Yeah. You know, they're like butter and they're big and they're comfortable and they're float and like like you're sailing the ocean. Yeah. You know, it might be that he wants a car like that so he can go on longer road trips because I know his family doesn't go to, um, like to go on road trips maybe what they need is they want fucking 16 inch screens in the back of the headrests could be uh, so, so maybe 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 he wants a car that soul is not derived from whipping around corners but yeah. a soul that's derived from pleasuring its occupants it's, because the car he's in now has neither that or the no, other. It has no comfort. Those things have no comfort level whatsoever. It, it's Nothing co- more than a rental and, car. And everything's I mean, plastic on the inside. Yeah. And my car's plastic on the inside, but it has this whole other personality to it yeah. that, that steps outside of that plastic. But he's got the plastic and nothing else. Yeah. It, it, but it, 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 it's this fake plastic car, you know, like the Radiohead song. But it... it even in that it's a fake plastic car, he's like, oh, well, all I need is transportation. I'm like, Rick, you're fucking kidding me and you're killing me at the same time because I know that art, 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 artism, eh, artism, I know that art and feeling and emotion is something that he's, he's very passionate about. Mm-hmm. I, I know that he likes these kind of things. So why would you ever drive a car so motherfucking soulless <laughs> and boring? <laughs> And not only that, he wants he, wa- he wants to go from the Civic to the CRV, which is like my enemy on the freeway. It's the CRV or the fucking Toyota Prius. Oh, it's either either of those cars, depending on the day, is my fucking enemy on the freeway. The best Prius I've ever saw, I've ever seen. I just told I told you earlier was the one that had been rear-ended by a Ford GT. Mm-hmm. Fucking Ford GT was annihilated, but you know what? The Prius wasn't was undrivable as well. But it, it made had my fucking day. Yes, but the God. Prius had that much Ford energy injected into it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, had so much Ford pumped up its ass. <laughs> it was going to be cool from there and f- till and forever. It, it, not it was, only not only just Ford, it had a fucking Ford GT. We're talking about a quarter million of dollar car. Yeah. And it is worth every fucking penny. Yeah. That's, that car is brilliant. It's perfect. Yeah. That's, that's why it commands such high money. Yeah. Annihilated a $30,000 fucking yuppie mobile. The most useless piece of shit on this fucking earth. The most the most unenvironmentally friendly piece of fucking dog shit. And the funny, thing is, the, the funny thing is... is is, is a, a person who owns a Prius would argue with you. They'd go, but I'm running on electricity. Well, what did it take to make those batteries? And when you swap your batteries out in three years, what, how, how much more of the earth resources are you going to have to take to, to rebuild these batteries? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It takes a lot. It, it takes a lot of energy. There's nothing recyclable on those fucking piece of shit cars. What? Those goddamn headlights. I, I had said the first time I was on your podcast, I, I said those headlights, uh, the xenon type whatever fucking headlights that they sold from the factory, $1,500 a side when they first started selling those cars. And they would fail constantly until, um, if I remember right, there was a lawsuit to correct that. A lawsuit was like a 
everybody's having this issue and they're like, you know, this is fucked up. We're mm-hmm. spending $1,500 on a $3,000 car that's supposed to be environmentally friendly and it's got parts that are, you know, have planned obsolescence that's shorter than it should be. Right. You know, the lifespan is way shorter than they should be. So Not right. And, and, you know, Honda's still up to their own. I mean, Honda wants to make money like every other car manufacturer <laughs> out there. They, they just hid 70,000 accident yeah. reports that including deaths. Saw that. Hid it from their government. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't want to report it. Because they didn't want to go, hey, well, maybe Hondas aren't mm-hmm. as safe as everybody else. So let's mm-hmm. fudge the fucking numbers. All manufacturers hide defects. But, but I, you know you know what? I shouldn't say that very loudly. But it's true. It's true. I work for manufacturers. Yeah. Very true. But, I mean, that said, right? That said, every manufacturer does it. How do you talk somebody in who's had such a good experience with a Honda... How do you talk them into going, hey, well, other car manufacturers are potentially as good or nearly as good? I mean, because that would be the other argument, right? It'd be like, oh, well, I want a Honda because I, I only need necessity. I only need point A to point D, B. I don't need a fun car. I don't, I, you know, I only spend 20 minutes in my life every day in the car. I don't need to have a very cool car. But when they have such a good, reliable track record and they've... You know, they've enjoyed not having to take it in for too many repairs. How do you convince them? Mm. When somebody's loyal to a brand because the brand has done them well, how do you go, well, potentially there are other brands out there that could do you just as well? I can tell you that the Honda CRV is probably not necessarily the answer for that. They Mm. have their own problems. Mm. They've had recall issues. They're not the most reliable vehicle out there. If you think that you're stepping out of a Civic and going into a CRV that's going to be a hundred percent reliable is that. Well, the Civic, Civic the Civic's been around. That 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 car's been around for like thirty years, right? Yeah. They're they're like on. The, not only has it been around for like 30, 30 years, they're not very many generations in, and such that what I'm saying is, uh, every few years they'll reintroduce a new platform. But yeah. I think they're they're not that many platforms in no. based on the thirty years overall. You haven't seen that many styling changes. Yes. You haven't seen that many changes overall in the technology. Maybe you added a little this or that or whatever here and there. But yeah, they haven't haven't had to reach. They had, it's not. It's not the same as like Ford, right? Like Ford took the F one fifty platform that they've been riding on for years, and they do new generation changes. Yeah. All aluminum body. Yeah, that's amazing. EcoBoost engine, all yeah. aluminum body. That's, that's amazing. That's dramatic. It's almost not the same car. It's yeah. only it's only the same car in shape and in spirit, but the underpinning's completely different. And and you know they they took technology and used it to their benefit and created mm-hmm. a car that you know hey suddenly gets way better mileage mm-hmm. and it's lighter and mm-hmm. it's going to be a good fucking truck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might even last longer. It won't rust as much. Right. It probably won't be as good in the northwest. You probably have a lot more. Depending on the zinc level and the aluminum that they use, it may or may not last forever here. But it's it's not the fucking Honda Civic that's just basically no. the same. You know, it's barely changed since they created it. Yeah. yeah there's no making a Civic. The, the, no making them fun. The only Civic that was fun was the CRX. Those were cool little... They were, yeah. they were Honda's version of a fast car. Back in the early uh, mid eighties, yeah. Well, they were they were they were trying to garner some uh, market share. Yeah, and they quit making. Well, that was the thing. I mean, I looked at Civics when I was buying a car earlier this year. I I looked at Hondas. Yeah. Just going, well, Honda got the Fit. Oh, fit's rated pretty high. It's rated really high. 
off. It's fucking gross. Eh, I wouldn't say it's gross, but you know, it doesn't need meet my needs. It doesn't have a soul. Like I don't know how you add a whole a soul to a Honda Civic. You don't. Uh, okay, yeah, they're on their ninth generation, and they've been around for. I was saying you had me just thinking the only soul that a Subaru has is whatever the lesbians leave behind in the seats. Uh, <laughs> see, you're entirely wrong. You know, <laughs> Subarus are only owned by lesbians. I'm sorry. Nah, I take nah, that nah. back. I do know someone that own a, a man who owns a Subaru. First Subaru, our first Civic was Too introduced nah. in 1972, and they are only on their ninth generation oh, in ninth generation. 40 years. In 40 years. So that means they get a new generation change about every five years. And, a, and we all know that a generation change is not that huge of a leap. No, no. So, well, you know, the 2015 model might be light years ahead of the 1972 model. They're still probably not all that far away, you know. So... God, that's a rude thing to say about Subaru. Subaru makes a nice car. Well, you know, they, the they got lesbians leave soul in the seat. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I fucking hate Subaru. Sorry, <laughs> it's funny. I seen a BRZ today. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I take that back. Lesbians don't own BRZs. You know? Lesbians only own Legacies and Outbacks and. See those those are the like those are the lame cars in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, you've got the you've got the WRX and the STI. Yeah. Really nice. I mean, I don't know, Fast and the Furious level. I mean, you get a lot of tuners driving those cars, a lot of young kids. But Super they're, fast. But they're a nice car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, when I started looking at sport cars early 2000s, that was one I wanted to get into. When they came out with a little commercial with paddle shifters, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, that looks badass. And then I just happened to be playing, like, rally sports games at the same time. Like, uh, that might be the car. Oh wait, I got kids that just had a newborn. Uh, fuck mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I'm driving the pickup for the next ten years. <laughs> oh shit! The Nissan hard bodies were cool. Speaking of your pickup, those are cool pickups. I had a '94 uh, standard cab, five speed, whatever four banger it had in it. No AC. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it did have AC. It had some stupid button that said AC, but I don't think it ever cooled it down. <laughs> The seat was not comfortable in that piece right. of shit at all. I paid ten grand for that goddamn thing, and I the year I drove it, and I would drive um, easily twenty five miles one way to work mm-hmm. every day, and I probably put like I don't know six tanks of gas in the fucking year I drove that goddamn thing. I swear to God, it, it must have gotten 400, 500 miles to the tank for like 10 or 12 gallon tank. Mm-hmm. It, it got such little gas, it, it got such great gas mileage for what it was that I never worried about it. it. I spent so little on gas, I could give a fuck. But it had no performance value whatsoever. It was, I have to admit, for rear rear wheel drive pickup, it was cool in the snow. It handled well in the snow. I'd throw a shit ton of sandbags in it. Yeah. And it did fine in 11 inches of snow. It'd, it'd bomb around. And it was the first little truck that I'd ever had that, I mean, on the ice. It did yeah. well on ice. I was really shocked. Once I learned how to drive it on the ice, it was a lot of fun. You yeah. Know, my right. Nissan was shit in the really? ice. Yeah. I put a shit ton of weight in the back. Yeah. It was the only reason it was fun. It no, was cool. I, 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 I had, in the winter, I would, I would, I had this pallet that I would put between the, the wheel wells. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect space. It was the four feet wide. 
Yeah. And then I would throw boulders on top of yeah. that. I, yeah. So all winter long, I had all this weight yeah. just in case it snowed because I didn't want to have to throw it in there the day mm-hmm. it snowed. And it still fucking sucked. Really? I could get I could get to Bellingham to Blaine, right? But it wasn't fun. And if there was ice, fine, okay. If there was any kind of snow, couple inches, I couldn't I couldn't go over a fucking snow. And I had I had studded tires on the fucker. Wow. It, it was horrible. I, you don't know how many times I had to have somebody help me push, or I'd have to jump out of the the cab with the shovel and and get the ice from underneath them back wheels to get going. Yeah, that was that thing was gnarly in the snow. Uh, I don't know. I learned how to drive it. I had a friend that had uh, it was like an Isuzu pickup or some bullshit, and he showed me how to drive. He's like, take off in second, don't take off in first. Maybe you gain more traction the slower you go, and just take your time. And you almost have to plan your trip. You can't try and pull a fucking hill or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that hill, like you got to find a way around that hill. Yeah. Or park at the bottom and walk up. Whatever the hell it is you need to do, you ain't getting up the hill. <laughs> you know? But Well, that's just the thing. So many people are not willing to park at the bottom and walk up it. Yeah, that's just it. It's like, God. Yeah. yeah. But um, as far as like convincing Rick that he needs to buy something than, than an overly produced, mass produced fucking uninspired Econobox. Fucking CRV, man. Those things are... Ugh, every time I see one, it's just... It, it's if, a, if you're... I guess if you're It's milk toast. It is milk toast. God, you just got me talking shit about Rick. It's, it's tough. Um, like I, I, you know, if he, if he needs an SUV, like, he, you know, he, he thinks he needs something that's got some room. In case he wants to go on a road trip, in case he wants to go camping with us, yeah. his family wants to travel very comfortably. What kind of what kind of trips is he thinking about taking? Well, you know, they, they, he liked to go to seaside. I know his family kind of enjoyed to go to seaside, but they hate the drive. They hate the drive in the Civic. I can tell you that's the problem. Is the drive in the fucking Civic is what it is. Yeah. So, are they going to be any happier yeah. in the CRV? No. It, 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 they probably don't like the drive in a small bumpy sedan yeah. and they're so close to each other and they don't feel comfortable and you hear a shit ton of road noise and you're just hey, sitting there and you got nothing to do But our Elantra's fine though I mean a road trip yeah. like that it's fucking leather seats cush put the heat on if you need the heat air conditioning on See. sounds nice not a lot of road noise fucking it's just it's not super fast that's yeah. okay yeah it, go, it goes I mean it's fast enough well, see, my 500 has uh, leather seats. It's comfortable, and I've put most of the miles on myself. Mm-hmm. I've had it, I think Lee passed it down to me when it had about 70,000, 80,000 miles. She said, you know what, I'm done with this fucking thing. She got tired of putting brakes on it. We had to put brakes on it all the time, constantly going through brakes. Well, how does just, she drive that shit? She's burning brakes. It's it's the car itself. It's the it, there's a, the proportion valve doesn't work correctly and wears out brakes faster than it should. And there's a whole lot of <laughs> and turns and going too fast and turns and shit like that. And that's how that's how I taught her how to drive. Well, I know Lee how, mm-hmm. drives you like see, a yeah. bat out of hell, and she, she enjoys somebody who drives like a bat out of hell does. too. Well, we we grew up together, so we taught each other how to drive. You know, mm-hmm. I, like a lot of times there's there's times I had a '71 Cyclone that had a hell of a lot of horsepower. And it was a fucking fun car to drive. And I know you never got to know the car, but it was a car that she and I had together that I drove all the time when she was in college. 
And there were often times where we were going on road trips that I would just fade out and just drive. I just kind of just, zzz, and we're doing 55 or better. She's giving you a handy? She's rubbing the tip? No, there's none of that. It was just, you know, I'm just getting comfortable and relaxing. And I, I like I said, tonight, falling, I damn near fall asleep in the Mustang on the way up here because of the noise of the car, the vibration of the right. car just... It soothes me. I'm and just nobody's like, giving you a handy. What no, happened to fucking no, I'm road handy? I'm jerk myself off. You know, I'm not even fucking care at this point. I want a road handy. A road handy. I haven't got a road I'm not going to give it to you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> we need to go down to Bellingham and find someone on the side of the street to give you yeah, a road handy. I haven't had a road handy in a, more than a decade, I'm sure. I used to get roadhead. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. We were coming home from Puyallup Fair one night. Long before we had kids. <laughs> And we're fucking with each other and just getting each other all fucking round, wound up, just wound up tighter and shit. We were in our mid-twenties, you know, driving How home. come that doesn't happen anymore? It, life. Uh, we're older, I don't know. Kids in the backseat, but even with the kids. Yeah. Sometimes when the kids are in the backseat, right, they'll be sleeping, we'll be late, we'll be driving back from Marysville, it's like midnight, 1 a.m. Mm. If she doesn't happen to fall asleep, we'll talk dirty, mm-hmm. but there's no road head. No. There's no road handy. No, it's none of that. God. I, if any more, you hold hands. Hold yeah, hands, you know, that's enough excitement, I guess. Yeah. You know? Nah, not not really. Right. I mean, like I make do. I don't cry, but oh yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that road handy. A lot of times, it has to wait till the kids are home in bed because uh, Lane is very oblivious to whatever the hell Lee and I do. But I could tell you that Ava picks up on our every vibration. If there, she, I don't know if she has a nose for it. Mm-hmm. Or if there's a vibe that we put off, because we're not necessarily verbal about things, and we kind of glance at each other and give each other a little look, and there's a little giggle or whatever. Who's got the look? Yeah. Got the look. But Ava's got the really, look. I think so. Ava's She's paying really, attention to the body language. She pays attention, and it's, she pays every attention to it, and it's like she does her best to get in the middle of it, and you're like, fuck it, girl, really? You know? I think uh, part of the she don't want it to happen. She's she's cock blocking. She's always been like that. Why is she cock blocker? Well, it's funny because we just came back from California too, and it's talking about cock blocking. We're in California, and uh, um, I was standing against the wall. We were waiting to see the Hawks game at the ESPN Zone in in, uh, downtown Disney. And there's this other Hawks fan who's from here, and. she was in line behind us, and I kind of started bullshitting with her a little bit, and the next thing you know, we're sitting there, she comes over, and we're starting to talk, and Lee, uh, Lee sees this interaction, and she turns around, and she just kind of walks away, and she's just like, and I knew what Lee was doing, she wasn't trying to cock box, she's like, oh, I wonder where this is going to go, uh-huh. you know, and, and Ava's standing right in the fucking middle of the conversation, and she's just like, completely cock Dad! Yeah. Dad. She's, yeah. She's, Mom's over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's number three in that fucking conversation, you know. It's not going to go anywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to. And I'm having a nice conversation with a lady who lives in Linwood. And, and number, another number you know. 12. Number 12 talking to number another number 12. Number 12. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 12th yeah, man, yeah. whatever Sorry, it is. 12 fucking man. shit. Yeah. It's just another 12th man talking to another 12th man. And it's funny, after this... And we talked for well over 45 minutes and talked about local politics and yeah. all the bullshit that we hate. Was she ready to give you the handy? Uh, no, but no, no. But she didn't mind talking about it. She didn't mind talking about that, but you know what? Honestly, I think that... And I said that I was talking to someone else about this a long time ago, and they were saying that um, realistically, most middle-aged women 
are about a drink away from being uh, uh, swingers. Mm-hmm. I swear to God. Really? There's, yeah. You could just, there's always something. There's like, you just got to tip them a little bit. Or, yeah. You got to tip them and you got to find a, just got to be a, a mutual thing that just kind of happens. So you didn't do the it's mutual thing. Yeah. It's usually husband led, but really? my daughter, the fucking major cocklock. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And, and it's okay. It didn't have to happen. And it's funny. We went upstairs and, Met back up with Lee. Toss one out, yeah. No, we, we, we'll back up to the ESPN zone. What I met with Lee, and she was like, you know, I walked away because, you know, I didn't want a cock block. And I go, yeah, it would have been nice. He took your fucking daughter with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah. it was okay because it was cute because Ava's, you know, she's putting into the conversation, but at the same time, she's stepping in the between us. She's right. just like, oh, yeah, and remember mom. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. I know your mother. You know, like, yeah. she's here. You know? I know your mother. I, you know, I'm working your mom into the conversation. This woman's working her husband into the conversation. That doesn't like, mean doesn't mean she's not going to accept that beer and be one drink away mm-hmm. from being somebody like, who might be down. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, what happens in Disney. It's mm-hmm. in Disney there are. Shit. You know, who knows? It, it, it's funny because it's kind of like, after talking to her, she's like, um, yeah, you know, my husband knows all these these ridiculous facts, too. And, you know, kind of like, you got to meet my husband. Yeah, my wife's you know, this and that. And you're like, it's mutually. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Set, setting something up. Yeah, making, making something happen. You're like, just get the fucking 12-year-old out of the picture. <laughs> Here, here's fucking. your pass. Go back to the park. <laughs> you have your cell phone. I'll talk to you later. Right. And you'll be fine. You're not gonna get fucking raped in Disney. You'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, it's, but, he's gonna be I, safe anywhere. He's gonna be safe in Disney. Yeah, no, uh, at, least, at least you would hope. Yeah, stay in line for Indy and just you know you get <laughs> off, get back in, go and do it again. <laughs> You'll be okay. You probably got at least four rotations before I come grab you there. <laughs> Daddy need four rotations. It'll take me two hours to get her back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours to get her clothes off. <laughs> yeah, right. Ten minutes to take advantage. And then two hours to make it back to the park to get your ass. Four rotations on Indy, and then you call. You got understand? No shit. <laughs> no, there was none of that going on. It was it was a good trip though. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um I haven't been on a road vacation in six months. Six months. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah. No, it's been almost a year. It has. I'm trying to think of what we did last year for vacation. I know we went someplace, but I don't think we went too far last year. We just oh, went camping. Sorry, I was thinking of was the particular birthday. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the the, the birthday. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really count the birthday as a road trip, right? Because you're going to Portland. It's for it's it's a fun it's a fun little drive, yeah. but it's not the same as a road trip. Like you don't go to sleep, wake up, and then get on the road yeah. again. And you're not trying to be on the road. It's yeah. a destination. All right. Yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah. to get to be. Yeah, so it's been a couple years. Uh, the last time we went on a road trip, uh, we went, I think it was all the way down. Yeah, we went down all the way down to Disney, and then we came back up, drove through San Francisco, did a lot of the five driving. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but eh, it's been a couple of years. I'd like to do it again. I enjoy those trips. I mean, you know, you hear a lot about a lot of families that don't want to spend any time in their car. Rick. Uh, you know, maybe the car is just not fucking comfortable. Uh, you know, so it's the one place I like. I enjoy spending that time in the car with my wife because I know that I'm going to have her undivided attention. Yeah, 
And then yeah. she's going to have my undivided attention. Yeah. Uh, if I'm driving, I'm going to pay attention to the road, and then I'm going to be talking to her. Mm-hmm. Or if she's sleeping, I'm going to be listening to a podcast. So mm-hmm. Lord knows bitch likes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, she's awake, and we, we'll talk. And I really enjoy the, the conversations we can have where I've got only the one distraction, and I'm not paying attention to the kids or anything else. So for me, I love, I love a long road trip, you know, Mm. two days of driving, no problem for me. And, you know, I've got a car that I'm completely, even the Saturn, you know, we did uh, California trips in the Saturn a couple times. It was never a problem. It was comfortable enough. So, you know, what you're doing in the Civic with your plastic buttons, your plastic seats. Those seats are not all that comfortable. I had a Civic for a small period of time and. It's just not a long trip. Kind it's of a car. nice car. Like I remember when he got that car. I remember looking yeah. and I go, "It's a nice looking car. It's pretty yeah. sharp." But yeah. I don't think there's any innovation there at all. No, it's, you know, Elon Musk fucking shit on it. Yeah, there's just bread boxes with wheels. Yeah, yeah. They make pattern noise. You know, every one of them sounds the fucking same, and they have the same mistakes, same problems every time they break down. It's the same damn thing. It sucked to be a mechanic on those things. <laughs> Because you'd be bored, right? You'd shoot yourself. It's the same fucking problem. This comes up every other day. Uh, Look at me. Watch me play God. (laughs) (laughs) I fixed it. (laughs) Fucking boring. I know. But, you know, uh, maybe he needs to be inspired to buy something that's a little more comfortable. Maybe it's a Civic with leather. I don't know. I would hope that it's something more than that. Yeah. What I always try to tell people is that there's a timeline that we're living on. And it starts over here on the left at zero and it ends at wherever the fuck on the right. 65. Let's hope it's 65. I'd love nothing more than to believe 83 is like this number for me. Yeah. I'd love nothing, nothing more than to think that I had 83 years in this life. Problem is when you hit that 83 and you're fucking... You know, you know when she's sucking open. your cock and it's 83, you'd be like, oh man, if I could just make it another 10 years in this blowjob, it could regularly happen. Like, why would I say no? Yeah. Of course you want it to go on. You, you want, want 94. Yeah. As long as you can get a blowjob, 94. Give me 94. You get it, yeah. If you still get it up, if you still give a fuck about sex. Yeah. You know? Problem is, I'm 40 and I barely give a fuck. I don't, by the time I'm 90, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the go-to would be like, oh, by the time I'm 90, I might as well be gay. But, you know, gay men, <laughs> gay men are more interested in sex than I am. But it still takes testosterone mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. You're bottomed out at 80 some odd years old, and you're like, mm-hmm. fucking porn. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Or, you porn doesn't do it for me anymore, so fuck mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. What are you living for at that point? If I can't get born right, I don't know if I need to be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. If, I can't, if I can't drive, I don't want to be alive. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That's, that's just the thing. Is you see a lot of these old hot rod drivers, they're still driving. I was listening to Car Stories, uh, another podcast, guys, did, and it had this uh, very influential guy, but he's now in his, he was not in his 90s, but I'm pretty sure he was in his, his mid-80s, and he was just talking love for the uh, Mercedes he had just bought. He had, <laughs> he had bought this hot rod fucking... Uh, Mercedes and uh, this AM, it was an AMG Mercedes. Oh, of course, yeah. Of course, and he's this old timer hot rod. And he's talking about you know the origins of hot rodding and being in Venice and coming up with all these things and drag stripping cars and you know working with he he had he had come up with um, 
Shelby. He was he was one of Shelby's partners. I mean, he you know Shelby Shelby had taken him under his wing, so he's one of Shelby's underlings. And he remembered being with Shelby and, and and developing race cars, sports cars, coming up with different transmissions. And so here he is in his his mid mid eighties. Motherfucker wants an AMG, and he can't stop talking about how rad his brand new AMG is. And he's not wrong. Yeah, he's no he's, wrong. he's absolutely not wrong. And I keep thinking about other eighty-three year olds that I know, and I go, oh, 80, you know, if you're eighty-three, eighty-six, mm-hmm. you driving that car to the most of his abilities? Probably not. But this motherfucker was. Yeah. This motherfucker knew he was yeah. dragging that bitch. Yeah. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I would hope that I am just as with it as, as he was in his 80s, and, and even longer. Yeah. Let's hope that, let's hope that it all stays, not on wood, that it all stays around long enough. Or it could be, like, uh, recently in Blaine, uh, we have this Blaine newspaper, The Lighthouse, comes out every week, Thursdays. Last week's story was this very sad story of this prominent this guy who had been a prominent member in in uh, Blaine government. Yeah, he's not the mayor, but he was a, like a board member or something like that. And it was decades ago, but now he's retired and he's he's in his eighties. And he was just killed. He was killed by a motor vehicle by a car. Mm. I don't know if it was a Honda Civic. Could have been. <laughs> Might have been a Prius, but what had happened is it was hit by another older lady. Oh, what a shit. This this poor guy in his 80s was hit by a lady in her 80s. Ran him over and killed him. Couldn't have been hit by a young chick and been right. died with her lips on his mouth well, trying to get revived him. You know, it has to be some old broad who fucking died at the same time. Well, sure. it was kind of his fault. He was chasing oh. his, he was chasing, his dog had run away from him. So he's chasing his dog out into the middle of the street trying to get his little puppy back. <laughs> old guy who's too senile to realize oh, you don't run out into yeah. the street, run over by this old dr- lady who probably shouldn't be driving at this point. So sad. It's a shame he wasn't there enough to say, get the fuck out of here, dog. You're yeah. on your own. I'm not jumping off that fucking <laughs> right. curb. Right. <laughs> it's all you, dog. <laughs> Good luck. You want to be out there? So we had to tell Molly today. Mm-hmm. Molly ran out. Mm-hmm. We had Black Lab Australian Shepherd. She mm-hmm. ran out. Ran out in front of the fucking school bus. And Lee's sitting there. What the fuck are you doing, dog? Granted, the dog should have been in the house in the first place, but a lot of times the dog goes up to the bus stop to get the kids mm-hmm. with my wife, and she usually stays pretty close, and she should be on the leash, but, you know, fuck all that shit, shit, shit. Who fucking cares? You know what? She's a goddamn dog. She gets hit by a goddamn truck or bus or... Dog, dog. gonna do what a dog gonna dog do. Dog gonna do whatever, you know. And sometimes dog get hit by a bus. Sometimes it happens. And Lee just looks at her and she's like, bitch, you're not long for this fucking world. You're gonna get hit by that bus. <laughs> At some point, you keep fucking around, standing in front of cars, you're going to get hit. Maybe she just needs to get clipped to understand. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, yeah she needs to break a leg. Break, break one leg. If she maybe breaks she... a leg, I'm going to fucking shoot that dog. I'm not going to put five, $700 into a fucking dog. Yeah. That's coming out of my kids. That's not coming out of me. <laughs> they might bleed money for Molly, but you're not bleeding money. Yeah. They got big coffers. You're going to be standing there going, no. Oh. <laughs> They come with their piggy banks. Well, what you do, it's very, and I shouldn't be saying this, but fuck it. What you do is when you get to the vet and you just go, they go, well, it'd be $700. You'd be like, it'd be $50 for a fucking fucking syringe that puts that dog to sleep. 
Well, we don't euthanize for, for fucking convenience. It ain't for convenience. It's putting the dog down. Because I'm not spending $700 on a fucking dog. You know what I'm saying? Do they really say that? Yeah, they, they'd say, well, you're, we don't do it for convenience. And you just say, well, then you're putting a needle in the dog, aren't you? Well, okay. And then they crunch numbers and they go, well, that'll only be 350 That's a little more like it. Okay. When you roll up to a fucking veterinarian. Is that work? Yes, it's worked before. I had a fucking cat that got really sick. Uh-huh. And you said you want to put it down. I said, I said, he goes, well, it'd be $400 because we're going to keep her overnight. We're going to do this and this. And then I looked at him. I'm like, first of all, I drove up to the vet's office and his fucking brand new AMG Mercedes was sitting out in the parking lot. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I'm rolling up in a pile of shit, fucking whatever the hell car I had at that time. And I'm looking at this cat and I love this cat to death. I've had this cat forever. Right. I'm like, God, she's sick. She's really sick. And this and that, I bring him to her. And she goes, yeah, she's got an abscess and this. And, you know, we can fix it, but we're going to keep her overnight. And it'll be $400. And I go, it ain't going to be $400. And at that time, Lee was in college. It ain't going to be $400. It's going to be a $50 stick, and that goddamn cat's going to go away. What? He goes, sir, we don't put him down for convenience. It ain't for convenience. I can't afford to do this. Oh, yeah, all right. And he comes back, and he says, It'll be about 250 bucks. Yeah, that's a little better. Thank you. <laughs> Discount. Fuck you, markup, motherfucker. Discount. He realized afterwards that he'd been played. But, you know, at the same time, like, the motherfucker ain't going to play me. <laughs> I got this cat for free out of a brown fucking box from my neighbor's house. I love the fucking cat, but Jesus Christ, it's not worth $400. And I've had the same discussion with a friend of mine. He was like, I'd spend my every last fucking dollar on my dog. You know why you'd spend every last dollar on your fucking dog? Because you work at fucking Boeing and money flows out of your ass. That's why you'd spend every fucking dime on your dog. If it came down to my dog or my kid, that fucking dog would go. Right. Goodbye, dog. Money comes too easy. It's too he's easy. Got, he's got no respect for the money. Right. It's it's like, I don't, I'm not built to fucking hemorrhage money out of my asshole to pay a veteran or a veterinarian, let alone pay his fucking car payment. Right. You know, no, 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 no. If you want me to feel sorry for a veterinarian's office, pull up in a fucking Isuzu pickup that's barely... You know, and then, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. He pulls you know? up in the Isuzu pickup and you go... This motherfucker must be half retarded thinking I'm going to give him my cat. He don't know what he's doing. He ain't it's worth his money. He can't even make nothing. Where did he get his goddamn degree from Walmart? Fuck this shit. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's it a double-edged sword. It is, but when they come in and they hit you with that number, you're just like, family member my ass. <laughs> I love this cat, but it could die. I know. Yeah, just... We're not going to publish my uh, fucking address out there on the, <laughs> on the podcast. So I don't want PETA coming knocking on right. the door and fucking... So, so we got to talk Rick out of this this vehicle, and then we're going to we're gonna wrap it up. If, if you could recommend a car for him, do you just check out, right? Like, he, yeah. we know... We know Rick, and we know that he's going to have a Honda no matter what. I'm hoping he gets the HRV and can hold off, because the HRV isn't quite released yet, but the HRV is supposedly a very good car. I haven't seen them yet. It's yeah, it's their crossover kind of vehicle. That's not the CRV. It's the HRV. We know he's going to end up with a Honda one way or the other. We hope he don't, but you, good good chance. But if we wanted to go, hey Rick, before you pull the trigger, right? We know what you're going to do. Why not just spend the extra hour investment and go into another car dealership and then check out this car? Which car would it be? For me, yeah, the car I wanted to own. 
prior to having bought my Mustang was the Lincoln MKZ. Mm-hmm. I love those cars. That's Mainly lu- luxury and performance. Performance and luxury in a small, in a larger V6 than mm-hmm. my my 500. They mm-hmm. they have a lot of horsepower. They're probably that's a Ford platform, right? It's a Ford platform. It's a full size car, essentially a full size car, but they're really mid sized cars anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they come with leather. They come with all kinds of garbage. There's all kinds of you shit. You probably get heating and cooling in the seats you and the steering wheel very quickly, very easily. It's it's. It's all part of the package. Everybody would be comfortable in it. It's easy to talk someone into one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, new, they're very expensive. But you have to get one a couple of years old. Get one a couple of years old, and they lose their value. That's the where. He, that's where you're going to lose him. Is it? Well, why do they lose their value? What's the point of buying something that has a, a, a negative equity and mm-hmm. it's going to continue to decrease? But if he gets into it, like it. like the, the right, like every car's got this curve, right? We they all do. know. Yeah. We all know. I, I plugged my car into the Kelly Blue Book the other day. Mm-hmm. Really? I've only had this car for six months. <laughs> yeah, don't look. Don't look. I, I, I don't need to know. But it's all this no. curve, right? You yeah. just got to find the right part in the curve mm-hmm. to buy. And, and and getting... It was an MKZ. Mm-hmm. Getting into this MKZ, you just got to get to the right part of the curve. You don't want to buy it brand new. Mm-hmm. Because six months later, it's 10, 12 grand valued less. What you want to do is get into one that's one or two years old that's already lost that twelve or fourteen yeah. grand on it, and already has that taken off the top, but doesn't have the miles on it, mm-hmm. and doesn't you know you, you look up the uh, the the history on it uh, with the little gecko or whatever. Yeah. You look up the history, and you know you just want to see that it hasn't been an erect and it didn't come yeah. from fucking Louisiana or someplace that got yeah. flooded out. Yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, mainly because I think, like I said, you you, you look at that timeline. I go back to the timeline always, the zero to 80 or whatever it is that you think you're going to die. How do you want to live your life? Do you want to live your life in mundane fucking little box and your little box car and drive to your little box job and never have any excitement or feeling for what you're doing every day? Is it just something that gets you to this job that creates the paycheck, that creates your mundane life, that sustains this and it fuck that you need yeah. some inspiration at some point what what i want to take this back yeah. to is i think there's a lot of artists out there like a picasso david cho mm-hmm. or any any number of artists i bet you take a look at them like people who are truly artistic they're not driving boring cars no. they might say they don't care about cars they might be like uh it's transportation but you know what i think that they would all drive a car with a fucking soul yeah, absolutely. I, I I don't think anybody who's into this artistic expression, even though they don't see the importance in the car, they see an importance in whatever they're doing, having feeling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and value, and and not necessarily resale value, but yeah, I'm talking about value, just like it retains some sort of emotion, memory, right? Emotion, yeah, some you know. some you could take on yeah. a road trip, right? Yeah. And everybody's happy yeah. in the car. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. Yeah. I'm going to end up with a Jeep, and I think I think I think Rick would probably a Cherokee or a Grand Cherokee would probably do his family real good. He's got to remember too that his kids are not nearly as dependent on him as no, they used to be. They're, they're not going to be in that car cars. much. Like like his his daughter his daughter is never going on another vacation with yeah. him again. Yeah, 
the the time for that has come and gone. Yeah, it's uh, he might have wanted to go camping with her, but she's not going camping anymore. She wants to stay at home with her boyfriend. She's doing her thing. And you know what? Mason's not too many years behind. My children are much the same way. I mean, they're they're. It won't be too many more years until they're going to be at the same spot. But you know what? At a certain age, kid wants to go on a song. It probably wants to go to spring break. Yeah, yeah. Wants to go get laid. So, for now, it's Mason, his wife, the dog, until the dog gets a needle. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> as chunky as that dog is, might not be too long. Such a cute dog, though. It is. He's so cute, those big eyes. Mm. How could you not feed that dog? She mm. stares up at you with those eyes. You're just like, you. I walked I walked in yesterday thing. to the house, and she's <laughs> running little circles back and forth and looking up at me. And I was like, yeah, I love you too, dog. I missed you. <laughs> and then later, she looked at Winded, and I went, that's too bad you winded <laughs> from that short little run you did. Well, you might you might want to work on your cardio a little bit. And maybe they take her for long walks. It's just that she's constantly begging. So right. they can't. They have that weakness. Like, oh my god, she's so cute. So here's another half pound of bacon. <laughs> I'm guilty of the same goddamn thing. We're lucky that Molly has the metabolism. We throw shit at her all the time, trying to fatten her up to slow her down. It ain't gonna happen. That fucking dog is Australian Shepherd. She's gonna constantly be yeah. wound tight. God damn it, dog. I wish you gained five pounds. Just oh, Rick's dog. Rick's, Rick's dog, no metabolism. It all goes to the hips. <laughs> so cute, dog. And with that thought, I think we'll wrap up whatever little podcast we were recording. I didn't know we were recording. Oh, you didn't. Well, I knew we were recording. Fap, 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 fap. Oh, I didn't know we were recording either. Beer Plus 3 featured Jeff Swatman, Michael Zamora, and Rick Anderson. Part 2 featured our special guest Jeff Miller. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or email us at BeerPlus3 at gmail.com. Good night. I'm gonna be at home hungover and cleaning up my own party. We won't make fun that's of you. We won't make fun. That's where I'm gonna be. Why? You, why do you gotta have anxiety about it? You know? Yeah. I don't think that's really. I need true. supporters. So. I don't need haters. <laughs> we don't hate. We just don't care. <laughs> There's don't. a difference. Apathy a is completely difference. different than 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 haters and shit. I can't pick and choose your friends for you, but the friends you have. <laughs> This is what we can bring, and if it's not good enough, what you're telling us is not good enough. Oh, there it is. He's just being neglecting. Yeah, that's fine. I have to do everything for Mike. I give and I give and I give. I know, I know. So, um, the use of your business. I'm screwing in your microphone, Mike. Oh, that's right. Screwing Mike. I hope you're enjoying. Screwing Mike in. Screwing my mic in. There you go. My mic. My 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 mic. So. Well, we'll see. You guys have to leave like. What time do you guys got to be out of here? What What do you mean? Any particular time tonight? Tonight? Yeah. Not really. So why don't we record a one hour with the ending of, now here's the little you know thing that they did. And then record Stop, a short one. Re- record number 32 in preparation for, for next week. Sounds like a game plan to me. Do like an hour's worth for 31, then do it like an hour, 15, hour, half for 32. Can we do that? Yes. I think they're too long.
That's not. But that's what we're just actually no. About. We've cut it down to about an hour and a half, yeah. an hour fifteen. It's just he tacks on a bunch of shit at the end. It's from like the this, beginning this of this stuff shit. right here. So. That, you know, nobody listens to it anyway. Yeah, that's optional. Feel, that's optional. I always, you know, every every time a new one comes out, I try. Oh, I you try? try? That's good. Every time. But I'm a funny fucking I guy. Don't. What's up? <laughs> So this funny. is uh, Velvet Mer- Mer- Merkin? Mer- no, Merlin. This is the Velvet Merlin. It's oh, an oatmeal stout from uh, Jabberwocky, whatever, uh, Walk and Jack and Jack and Walker. Huh? What, what's it called? It's good stuff. Fuck, why did you, why'd you just confuse me like that? It was like right there. Firestone Walker. <laughs> Thank you, Firestone yeah. Walker. The pizza, yes. I'm <laughs> but if one of the owners is British, does that make it a British beer? Because it's got a real British feel to it, the whole brewery. It does a little bit. It does a little bit, but I've I've found that a lot of the British beers are really watery, and this isn't so watery. Even their stouts are very watery, but this is not. This is a British beer. Well, no, the, it's the, not. The, the oh. owner is British, and it's kind of thought of as being a British beer. When I was at the when I was at the British pub last week, they had okay. Firestone. That's Walker. that's like saying okay, Budweiser is a Belgian beer. Just because a Belgian company owns right. uh, Anheuser Busch does not make it a Belgian beer. Well, but the, the, it also doesn't make it beer. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It makes it profitable. Yeah, that's for the Belgians. The difference God here, bless them. The difference here is I was trying to elevate England because the rest of their beer, from what I tasted, was shit. Mm. No, that makes me. <laughs> what I had was not good. Yeah. Well, it was a long there. time ago. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. even fucking listen to my ass. I'm gonna eat a piece of pizza. Okay, I, can I run this past, past you guys real quick? I'm just gonna run this past you. And here we go. Here we go. This is just a test of the emergency broadcast system. This episode is brought to you by the Dollar Tug Club. For that end of day feeling when a shower is just too far out and a, the public sink you're standing in front of is just too stained with others' bodily fluids, make it it makes one's nethers feel refreshed and ready for anything. And for your daily pleasure, we add a pack of the ever elusive Our Daily Tug Lube. The only package you will find something this exciting in is a box of cereal. It's like praying to your own genitalia, something we should all do once a day. <laughs> Remember, folks, it's for him, it's for her, it's for everyone. Join the Dollar Tug Club, Tug Club today. Find us on Dickstarter. <laughs> you need to insert a little part where you go, what do you think of the product, sir? And I'll say, I'm never going back to Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm never going back to Kleenex. Or wet wipes. <laughs> Moist towelettes can kiss my ass. I'm never going back to my bed sheets. <laughs> I'm never going back to my tube socks. <laughs> my wife's going to feel so much cleaner when she leaves her boyfriend's house. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> but I thought I, I just kind of wrote up a little uh, a commercial for us. But I like that. I like it. Yeah. But Sounds like we all watched uh, our Truffaut film. Did we? Um, In the big growler is Black Raven's Nothing But Flowers Session IPA. It sounded delicious. Hmm. Uh, I have a little uh, spiel about that. We are going to get fucked. We do have enough beer here for two episodes. Oh, shit. I have to drive home. Um, Okay. (laughs) Um, As far as subjects, I have Rick's love of football. I think that was you. I think all this was you. And then you brought up something toward the end, which I didn't get a chance to throw on here because I was out in a boot. 
Is the, it's a it's a philosophical debate. Is the moon a planet? Oh yeah, the moon the moon planet thing, which I cannot. I I honestly just got done listening to uh, the Dollar Tug Club episode, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, I'm a drunken idiot. Because <laughs> I was arguing with guys about the continent thing, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm the moon guy. <laughs> no, no, it's it's easy to. Get and I was like, uh, uh, and no, I was so sober in the car, and went, yeah, of course. Oh my god, I'm arguing with him. So <laughs> it's a little bit like, oh my god. At least I know I could uh, have a backup career as a host on CVS. Yeah, uh, uh, no, uh, QVC. Yeah, it was real funny Whatever. how nobody even bothered to check if you were right or wrong either. No, he was right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, mean, I know geography just, pretty well, and I, it's just you like get it in oh. your head, one thing in your head, and then you you yeah, and, and you drunkenly uh, uh, glom onto that one thing and go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Necessarily like that, but close, yeah. But in that order. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's Rick's love for, of football, which I could care less. We should not talk about football at I all. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. Um, a diary or diary or a troll of a troll. I don't yeah, but think of all the Twitter hits we're going to get if we just pound, Seahawks, oh. pound. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, that was something maybe when uh, you started bringing up the all the all that stuff. I'm like, we need to start hashtagging and, and adding all the yeah. the the subjects because that gets that gets that out there, especially yeah. whether uh, because everything we post on there goes onto Twitter as well as friend face. And when you do that, boom, 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 you start getting responses like this gentleman. He's yeah. professional. I don't, I don't do it. I'm not doing it often enough. Though, that was a problem. I know, and, ne- and neither am I it's because I honestly have not had any time in the last like month and a half at work to do, to do anything. And one of the things I know you make uh, like comprehensive kind of lists after the fact of our episodes. If yeah. you could keep, if you could send those, share those, put them, share them on yeah, the Google Drive. However, we get there. Yeah. Um, I would love to get that so I can use that to start uh, like yeah. setting up posts because I really want to start. And I think all three of us should do this as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Is try to post something once a day about the current episode. Yeah. Yep. That's really the most basic and most effective thing. I mean, just getting. A and list I, of I think you're out. right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we were getting more <laughs> when I was posting on a daily basis about the uh, the, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's other means, and I, I don't. You didn't obviously see my question. Wow. Because um, uh, I was thinking, wait, he works for a newspaper. Perhaps he has access to like a press badge or some sort of, what? you know, something to get us into places where we could, like, a film. If we go to a film festival in Vancouver or Seattle, mm-hmm. if you have a, a decent press badge or something, you can get into places that no, you can't normally, and interview people that you couldn't normally interview. Right. That's my only thing. And of course, we're, we'll start out slow and low yeah. with with some local folks out here. Uh, like it would be fun to do the Vapor guys because they have their own podcast, yeah. and it would yeah. be kind of cool to kind of touch base with those guys. Yeah. Um, I'm sure some of the beer folks around would have fun. Yeah. Um, especially if we went to one of the breweries and really highlighted their beer and talked to them about their beer and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So definitely. How are the owners of uh, Nooksack? Those guys are always got like the weirdest like Facebook posts. What? They seem really personable. There's like oh, the fucking oven, uh, the the beer shrine. Oh, the beer shrine? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're always they're awesome up there. Yeah, they have like the weirdest Facebook posts. So I was like, our oven broke today. God, we wish there were some customers here. Or how come there's too many customers now? I know, no, but it's instant there. It's like feast or famine at that fucking place. 
It opens at like two or four. Yeah. I think they just moved to two to their winter hours because the mountain opened. Yeah. And from two to like three or four, nobody. <laughs> and then four o'clock hits, you can't get in the place. It's a yeah. line up at the door, hmm. all the way outside and down the ramp. Hmm. It's just feast or famine at that place. And that's one place I would like to go, especially during the weekends because they open at noon. It's a perfect time for us to kind of get in there, do a podcast. Yeah. Um, even if it's just our kind of podcast. Um, one one thing I know we already have the porch uh, porch beer trilogy which we yeah. will continue with yep. and that should be I think at some extra episodes we should do a porch beer trilogy episode every once in a while well, but another I- episode another trilogy or or saga we should have is the uh, um, getting really fucked up saga just like drink a shit ton of beer <laughs> and then do a fucking podcast mm-hmm. yeah, yeah housed mm-hmm. yeah. It's the house cast, right. or however we do it, yeah. the drunk cast, the house cast, um, yeah. the 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 shitty cast, the sh- you know whatever we want to call it. I had a clever name for it a while ago, and I've I've since been underneath fifteen <laughs> machines, and I've forgotten. And when you've had a face full of dust and ash, and 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 do people old, just smoke in those places. Smoke where of at the course. casino? Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. What do you mean that's crazy? No, they they actually gamble. Non-smokers don't gamble. People will argue with me. Oh, no, no, that's simply not true. I, it, proof is in the pudding. I mean, I'm sorry. We have physical fucking evidence that non-smokers don't gamble and smokers do. So, Well, it kind of says it right there. If you're willing to smoke, you're probably more into uh, taking you, risks. You hate yourself anyways if you what smoke. The <laughs> you hate yourself anyway? I didn't think about that. Angle. Yeah, you know I'm like the worst ex-smoker always. I mean, even though with the vaping, it's like I get around smokers and I'm like, oh, I hate you, you stink. So what's this diary of a troll of a troll of a troll? That was uh, Rick's football post, and we were going to make fun of him for being such a fucking troll every time something comes along. <laughs> no, but I, I wouldn't say he's he's so much I have, a troll. He is not a troll. I think if he was about 15 years younger, he would be a fucking troll. He would go through the internet to every fucking forum and just fuck with people. I am literally just, just being can. a total smartass with that. And I have a couple of friends who take me way too seriously with that stuff. And they're like, oh my God, why, it's strange. You, you know, they'll message me privately. So why do you have to talk about things you hate? Or why, why do you have to? <laughs> I think it's, it's fucking like, hilarious. I know. I'm, I'm smirking the whole time I'm doing these things. And it's like they're, they take it way too seriously. See, yeah, but that, that's what I think the Internet's for. Is I'm looking. My, I am, I am fun, intentionally aiming that right at... Um, my wife and Jeff Miller. Those are the two people. I'm like, if I can get them both to respond to this, I've I've won. Oh, Jeff has fun with it. <laughs> Jeff has a lot of fun nice. with it too. It's funny. He started know, spamming me with on. all kinds of Seahawks. <laughs> so every time he'd do it, I just I just post right on there, asshole. <laughs> the first thing I do is is I'll scroll through. Yeah. Because I'll first go to recent posts and then I'll scroll through and anything Seahawk, boom, I don't want to see this. Boom, I yeah. I've already blocked the NFL and several other organizations that are uh, you know closely yeah. involved with the football thing. That's so I've already blocked idea. like the Seahawks themselves and the NFL. <laughs> Out of my friend face, so that's it's kind of funny, um, and I've been telling people all day my man card was taken away. Don't talk to me about football. Yeah, it's done. How, what is this? Do we want to get into the pissing versus G spot orgasm debate? Oh, that's been all over. It's that. all over the internet. Yeah, whose well, internet it must be yours because I saw no pissing or G spot orgasms. They came out with this research about a week ago well, where 
Hold on. Eh? Well, no, just give Let's us just a once it over on the podcast, and then well, this yeah. is well, this is the prep, this baby. It's a fucking prep. I don't, I, I don't know. Right. By my ass. I don't know how many people you've my been with. My ass has been bitten by you. So shut the fuck up. There, there is this this phenomenon known as female squirting, female ejaculation, and there was a study, some research that was done that would suggest that squirters are really just simply peeing. But I would argue no. Ah, mm-hmm. let's save that part for the podcast. Excellent, awesome. Okay, that I could I can get behind that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, I mean, now I'm trying to wonder. I'm wondering because I've gotten that all over my face and <laughs> didn't, didn't taste know. like pee, did it? No, it didn't. Oh, God. It felt like showering in ambrosia. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'll stop talking. Um, uh, Watching Mall Rats with the Kids. Hmm. I'm spitting on your shit. Phenomenal. Hmm. Best thing I've done in a while. What the fuck? Yeah. What the hell is this? Interesting. That's not what I want. Ah, there we go. I know, I know. How did this work? Awesome. Um, I really, I'm sorry, I don't care. Watching Mall Rats with the kids. I, I don't know if he wants to talk about it. Oh, uh, Obviously, yeah. you want to that's talk fine. about no, it. That's fine. Yeah. That's great. You know, we talk about the experiences with the kids. It was, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, lack uh, surprising lack of New Year's resolutionists. Yes. Another, which you spelled wrong? Yes, because it's not a real word. How can I spell that's it? That's true. That's how I can spell it wrong. But because you, you, I have to make sense, right? And it didn't make sense. Resolution it yeah. is really what you wrote. Yeah. If it would have been ists, it would have been spelled a little differently. So, yes, you misspelled a word that doesn't exist. Oh, man. Anal <laughs> Just don't worry. I'm one of the worst That's spellers fine. in the world. So. No, I, again, it was another Dan Savage thing where he came on and he's like, you know, was getting ready to berate all the people that flood the gyms at the beginning of the year. But yeah. then he ends up welcoming them and trying to make them feel comfortable. There's been nobody new at my gym. Wow. Really? It's like zero. Hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, you know what? You seem to be the subject guru today. Well, um, I just I just happen to have a free moment, I think, when you put that out there. I have a couple of talking points. Um, uh, remember a few uh, sessions ago, you talked about The Man in the High Castle? Oh, yeah. There's a TV show. I watched the pilot. Yeah. I've seen... I saw clips of it, and I was... Is that the it's PKD? Bad. It's, bad. it's yeah. bad. It's really bad. Oh, Whoever really? wrote this or or rewrote it from the the novel or novella or whatever yeah. the fuck it's from did no fucking research oh, about no. World War Two, about mm. the, the Japanese history or even German history or even how wars play out through victory and loss. I mean, I, I was just like, wow! All they did was completely yeah. insult not only the German culture yeah. but the uh, the uh, the the Japanese culture completely insult. Yeah. And and then the American side was just like this weird, bland kind of. Uh, it was it was just absolutely horrid. Yeah. Um, it was poorly written. Let's just put it that way. Okay. But it was the pilot, so yeah. I'm willing. I usually give everything about three episodes to to really start kind of yeah. catching my interest. Um, but my initial reaction, holy fuck! Yeah. Anyway, we'll get that. Uh, this week I had menaces uh, saison. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, let's just put it that way. It was fucking good. I also had Flyers Porter. wasn't as good. Uh, and then I watched Big Big Hero 6 and The Book of Life, which nice. were both pretty fucking awesome movies. So those are my only talking points if you guys want to hit those. Men in the High Castles probably, because you seem to know more about it, and it would be interesting to hear you know, a little bit more from you. Yeah, I should have watched. I didn't, I didn't watch any of it other than the clips. The clips looked good. but It looks very pretty. The, the details. End. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. You know what? The the the, the Phantom Menace and all those movies looked very pretty. Mm. But they weren't they were Star Wars video games and not Star Wars movies. Yes. There were some awesome scenes, but that was about Oh it. no, there's some amazing scenes in those movies. So do we wanna you want to start? Are we going to start? Yeah, we're about seven. Should, Should I start now? In, so Should I keep well. going? Should I start? You can Should start, start if you want. Yeah. How about now? How about now? Can I start now? Whenever you want. Mecca, Mecca, hi, Mecca, hi, ho. I love your vocal warm up. Because, like, actors will go rhubarb, 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 you know, with their guy, or whatever they do. And, and you're just like, hi, hi, ho. Mecca, lecca, hi, Mecca, hi, ho. <laughs> Nicky bicky high, sick and nicky picky toe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.